Hi friends, I'm just gonna go ahead and jump right in and say that I have no idea how cohesive this introduction will be because I didn't realize how scattered my thoughts were on this topic of shame today and I have some things to say but it's mostly just a big old brain splat. Splattier than than usual. So if you can indulge me a little bit on my brain splattiness, then uh, we'll get to the actual episode, which is a real delight. But in terms of my thoughts on shame, uh, I've decided that I think that shame is the root of all evil. And does, does that sound dramatic? Because, because I don't think it is. Uh, and what I mean by that is that it seems like shame is so intrinsically woven into one's being once they learn of it or grow it or discover it, whatever the right verb is there, that it seems to pull, like it has this really weighted gravitational pull effect on not only the person experiencing the shame, but on the people around it. Like it turns into this vortex and you get sucked into it and the people around you get sucked into it. And then everybody's feeling the bad vibes and feeling the firsthand shame, the secondhand shame, the tertiary shame, whatever the word is for the continuation of the numbers. But it feels like one person's weight of shame and how they carry themselves under it can influence that of the people around them and maybe even introduce them to it. And when other people feel the weight of shame around them and on them, I feel like it's not just bad vibes. I feel like it's indicative or influential to the decisions that one chooses to make. So to scale it back, I think that shame begets judgment and judgment begets discouragement and discouragement begets sadness, depression, apathy, not trying to fight for what one is authentically called to do. And I think the types of shame that are the most obvious, at least to me and perhaps to you as well, are the public shamings that we are kind of accustomed to that stories are written about or based on or throughout history we know of this public shaming usually through some types of organized belief structures whether that's religion or politics or even just all of the ideological systems basically anything that ends with ism racism sexism the, the one i fall most prey to is ageism but regardless of the belief system, I think that shame is a very real and very big and very heavy part of these systems. And its influence doesn't have to be as obvious or prevalent as, for example, stressing the importance of modesty, or it doesn't have to be as dramatic as self-flagellation. It doesn't even have to be as silly as the monks walking across the hill in Monty Python and the Holy Grail beating themselves with the, the Bible on their head. Though it can be. But I think those three things are derived from some sort of shame. And it's most natural for me to talk about it in these sort of like broad abstract terms because it's hard for me to pinpoint one thing it is exactly because it's so prevalent, I found, in myself. And I've just come to realize that really within the past like year or so, I would say. 
And when I reflected and found this out about myself, it did feel like a a weighted discovery, but it was also really perplexing because I don't really have any obvious reasons why I should feel so much shame. For example, I was raised around religion, but I was never raised in religion, so I didn't have any of those doctrines prescribed on me. I'm also very fortunate to have never experienced any true discrimination before just on how I present as human. And while I don't need to go down the whole list of more obvious instigators, perhaps, of shame and discouragement in itself, I guess I endured enough subtle shaming experiences to grow my shame into this sort of big, heavy puppet master figure inside of myself. And up until recently, I think I felt like I was the marionette because I felt almost powerless. I felt like I didn't have agency or confidence to do any of the things that I really wanted to do. But I do think that going through all the motions and being under the weight of this growing self largely self-induced shame and feeling it grow and continuing to be as much as my of myself as I could. So learning when I could, finding the fun where I could in all of the contexts that I've put myself in. I finally managed to get pretty strong or at least strong enough to start tugging on the strings of good old puppeteer shame up there and get back in control of where my feet are going for the most part. I still fall down sometimes, usually on purpose. But as to where it all came from in me in the first place, I have guesses but no one obvious route. So maybe it was modeling other people around me, sort of like I mentioned before, the the vortex, the secondhand, the tertiary shame, all of that. Maybe it was masking again to match and fit in and not stick out to the people around me. Or maybe it was Maybelline. Regardless, I do think it was some form of identity seeking, which again, and I I do keep going back to this, but in my human design reading, I have an open identity, which according to that reading and that practice means that I am not secure in any one identity, meaning that I am greatly fulfilled by wearing different hats and trying different things which I think is accurate and I'm a fan of. However, I think in this case, it does explain why there is a lot more potential for me to harbor shame when I'm trying on all of these different hats. Because while I am intrinsically very fulfilled by jumping around from different sports or different professions and gigs and things, I definitely feel the judgment from other people when I do those things. And it does make that lifestyle kind of challenging at times because not everyone is receptive to it and don't understand it. On the other hand, what I've been experiencing more recently is that the people I come in contact with perceive it as freedom, which I was really surprised and touched 
to hear because I do feel free, but they don't necessarily understand the shame and the sort of fight and struggle, I guess, it took and has taken and will continue to take to maintain it. All of this to say that I think that a lot of my shame actually came from a good place with good intention because I have always wanted to do the right thing and to be perceived as good by everyone everywhere all the time, which is impossible. And so I think that I gave a lot of weight to the perceptions and the reactions of everybody that I came into contact with, whether they were close friends, family, teachers, coworkers, that sort of thing, or if they were just community members, or if they were complete strangers. And I ultimately let their judgments outweigh my authentic identity. And when I felt and feel and continue to feel, because it is an ongoing struggle, that my identity is threatened in defense I immediately just sort of like fawn and shape myself into whatever the other person wants me to be because I don't want to be in trouble. I want to be good. I want to help whatever situation or circumstance I'm in. So when I'm told that I'm too tall to play on the playground, I accept that as my fate and then I never play on the playgrounds again. Or when I finally get the courage to contribute to a conversation and what's commented on is the way that I speak and not actually what I said, then it doesn't feel good. None of these things feel good. They make me feel like I did a bad job in being myself and that I don't deserve to contribute to anything and that I don't deserve to be in the spaces that I'm trying to take up or that my voice isn't worth contributing or that my existence isn't appreciated. And I know that this is all very dramatic, but (laughs) what I'm trying to say is that each of these little discouragements is not world-ending on its own. However, when they're layered on top of each other, like paint drying, they'll eventually crack. And it's really such a heavy and slow and painful process to crack and crumble and break through all of those layers of paint just so that you can get back to your original color underneath. And for me, I think it was just putting layer after layer after layer on top of my love of learning, my need to play, and my desire for companionship. So while I, in my original color, was very excited by the things that I know to be completely true about myself and invigorated and energized by failure, for example, because that's a big red flag of shame, I think. The reactions and perceptions and judgments of my quote-unquote failures by others around me was a big discouragement, I think, from pursuing the things that I want to pursue. But the positive note in all of this discouragement is that the layers can be washed away or chipped away, whatever's the more proper way to restore a painting, I don't know. But it it can happen with patience. And in my little journey at the moment, my strategy has been to go back to these things that I was 
discouraged from in some way or that I never got to try or that I found out about recently and want to try and try and learn as much as I can about these things. And what I found is the more I learn about a topic, the less anxious I feel in putting myself into the space that I'm studying. For example, I used to be relatively intimidated by motorcycles and motorcyclists, but then I saw this giant purple motorcycle on set, and then a few of my friends started getting motorcycles, and then I decided to go and take a motorcycle class, and I passed, and I got my license. I don't have a bike yet, but that's okay. But ultimately, now when I see motorcyclists on the road, instead of thinking, oh, I'm scared of them, I think oh, look at that friend, or look at those friends all out on a ride, and I can be happy for them without practicing self-flagellation. So I've seen a lot of growth in myself in taking ownership of my shame and transforming it into an actionable and authentic expression of play. But I did want to share the biggest measurable example of taking this ownership before we jump into the rest of the podcast. And so the growth points that I'm measuring from are 2019, like late 2019, to basically the top of this year, 2023. So 2019 was a great year for me in that I was able to start making regular money, not a lot of money. But what it did allow me to do was get curious again about my hobbies and adventure activities. So I looked into some Irish dance classes and I found some that I signed up for. And then I also did my first and only at this point Savage Race, which was uh, a mud run, which was super fun and would totally do again. But the thing that I looked forward to the most was a parkour class actually. It took place in this gym that was actually not too far from my apartment. I'd been driving past that gym almost daily for about a year at that time and every time I passed it I let myself wonder if my life would change if I walked into that gym. And in late 2019 I saw that they were offering adult parkour classes and I'd always wanted to try parkour, so I signed up. And on my first day of class, I was excited and nervous, but a lot of that excitement was sort of beaten out of me because when I took my first step into the facility, I was hit like a truck with the smell of the facility. And by that, I don't mean the typical smell, like it smelled like a normal place, like the chalk, the feet, you know, all that sort of thing, like regular gymnastics center smell. But what I associated with the smell of the chalk and the feet, <laughs> all of that was a shame because I loved the classes that I went to when I was little. However, I was removed from them because I wasn't getting a certain skill. And so I think I associated that removal from gymnastics with my permission to ever exist in a gymnastic space again, which again, I know is very dramatic, but I think that's subconsciously what happened. And so when I walked into this gymnastics facility, when I hadn't been there in 
over a decade at that point, just smelling the chalk and the feet again, it just hit me really, really hard. And I felt like I didn't deserve to be there. Also, on top of that, I wound up being the only person in the class. And so all of the attention was on me, like trying to get through all of this, like entirely new material. And it was a lot. It was was a lot of struggle. And so that class actually got canceled in 2019 because I was the only one enrolled. So flash forward to about August of 2022 when... I saw that the same gym in a different facility, a much bigger, more fleshed out and spacious facility, had started to offer adult tumbling classes. And I was on the fence about taking it because I didn't know if I wanted to spare that expense when I could barely afford month-to-month spending anyway. But I'm so glad that I did because I've been enjoying those weekly classes, doing just basic tumbling and things and getting back into what I was learning before. But then at the end of 2022, I saw that they were reinstating their adult parkour class, which was conveniently right after my weekly tumbling class ended. I was very hesitant about enrolling, but I had been in the new facility for months at this point and had seen the kids doing their parkour lessons with the coaches and had seen that the parkour area was a lot more built out and had a lot more potential play, I thought, in it. And I decided that I might regret it if I didn't try. So knowing that I had to sort of strike while the iron was hot because I figured the class would probably be put on the chopping block if I didn't enroll soon, I started taking parkour classes in 2023 at the beginning of this year, and honestly, the vibes couldn't be more different in such a similar scenario. Like I said, the facility is much bigger and brighter, and there's lots to play on in the parkour area, and the coaches are really sweet and encouraging and helpful, and while other people dropped out and I'm technically the only student in the class at the moment, I've already gone through the shame of like not deserving to be there and being a burden and feeling like I'm not good enough to learn the skills that I'm interested in, and honestly, that class has been the highlight of my week most weeks because I'm relearning how to navigate the world as a playground and I'm gaining strength and surprising myself each week with things I didn't know or think that I could do and I feel free. So I hope that story of shame and parkour and gymnastics was enough to inspire you to come down to Atlanta and join this parkour class so it doesn't get canceled again. But failing that, I hope that it at least brought you a nice little smile and perhaps a laugh or two. So now that I've shared a little about how shame has held quite a weighty influence over me for much of my life, I think, I would love to introduce you to Tovarina, who is our guest of this week. Tova is a singer-songwriter, a member of the Believing Community, as she likes to say, a budding creator in a variety of mediums, and also just a delightful human being. 
She was also a teacher in another walk of life, which is definitely felt when you're in her presence because of her warm and inviting and genuine counsel. Tova is also a new friend of mine. I met her about a year and a half ago, and I've only seen her in person about three times, two of which were related to recording this episode. And you'll soon hear in our origin story, or as I like to call it, the legend of the gaudy green chairs, why I chose this word of shame for Tova. And it wasn't because I am ashamed at all of Tova. It's more so along the lines of I was open to sharing my shame with her and she was open to receiving it. I will go ahead and put my disclaimer out that neither Tova nor I are experts on the topic of shame. And so this is just sort of rumination on the topic itself. The topic of shame is so vast that we couldn't possibly cover every nuance of the word itself, which is why I think it's important to go read about it from other researchers. But I will say the type of shame that we focus on in this episode is more from a personal experience and less so a sort of public shaming. So we don't really spend too much time talking about the way that shame is a marketing tool or body shaming or intelligence shaming, any of those types of things. This is more an exploration, I would say, about the personal shame that she and I have felt and helping each other navigate our individual journeys. But if you would like to learn more about shame, then the first person I would recommend you check out is Brene Brown, who studies many things, but is often referred to as the shame researcher. And to share one point of note that I learned from Brene is that there's a subtle but distinct and important difference between the similar feelings of guilt and shame. So while the reaction to making a mistake can be, I did something bad, which comes from a place of guilt. The shameful response to that same mistake is, I am bad for making that mistake. So Brené Brown and the other psychologists and researchers who actually study shame and its cousins of guilt and embarrassment and all of those wonderfully human emotions, uh, definitely have a lot more eloquent things to say about the topic. So you should definitely check them out after this one. So thanks for coming to my TED Talk. But I do think that this conversation with Tova is very poetic because of how we came together initially and then also what Tova shares on the place she's sort of in now and what her journey has been. But it's also very raw, it's very vulnerable, I found it very cathartic, and I think that there's a lot in it to think about. So now, with all of those notes hit and all of the chords strummed, I would love to invite you to come join Tova and I and sing your heart song.
Hello, Tova. Hello. How are you? Good. Thank you so much for joining me today. It, it, your presence just always brings me so much calm, and uh, I just always feel the the love and the warmth radiating off of, radiating off of you. So thank you. thank you for bringing that into my space on this second day of the new year. It's a beautiful way to start. It's good to be here, Sarah. <laughs> let's, let's cheers our tea right quick. Yeah, let's cheers. Let's cheers. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, nothing like a, a good uh, warm cup, to, uh, a cup of kindness, actually. Mm. Oh, so tasty. <laughs> um, well, thank you so much for joining me today on this beautiful start of the new year. Wonderful way to kick off the year. I was wondering if you could kick off this podcast episode by telling me and the listeners the story of how we met. All right. Well, it was a special day. I think it was a Sunday. I was in town from Johnson City, Tennessee, um, back home to Atlanta. Uh, I've been working on a kids project here with a production company, and I had um, some things to talk about and some things to do. Um with those folks, but I was in the west side of town and I saw that there was a new um, venue over there called The Works. Yeah, The, the Works. works. Um, lots of good things to eat and pretty things to see. And I was walking around and saw an old friend, Jay Davidson. Who has been a guest on the podcast. Hey, Jay. <laughs> Shout out to Jay. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Um, and so I saw Jay and we had been in some communication, um, in the, in the recent past, we'd had a little conversation, I don't know, maybe just a few weeks before a month before. So I just thought, oh, this'll be fun to, to play a little joke on Jay and to make her think that we had, um, set this time in this place to meet up while I was in town. And I don't know, it just, it just came to me. I was like, oh, this will be perfect. So Jay had Sarah with her there and they were sitting on these like green, um, kind of gaudy looking. Yeah. Like couches. Yeah. They're, they, in my memory, they're pretty tacky. Yeah. Like, (laughs) like, like like a velvet bright. Yeah. Yeah. Like this like sort of bright emeraldy color. Um, and just like in the middle of this food hall. Right. Like, so there's shops and other things like on either side and we're just like in the aisle. Yeah. Uh, or in the hallway, I guess, like with all these people like flitting by and by just talking. Yeah. People are bustling by to the right, to the left, walking like different lanes of traffic, but it's wide enough for that little section in the middle. To feel like you're, you can nestle up with yeah. who you're with. Yeah, it was cozy. Yeah, but you are right in the middle of, of it all, and it's a little noisy. I think there was mm-hmm. you could hear all the sounds, kids and people, and um. So, anyways, I I came briskly up to Jay, and I was like, "You're here, you're here, good. I'm a few minutes late. Oh, okay, but you're right where we said we'd meet." And I plop. <laughs> <laughs> and I plopped down. I was like. So good to see you. Okay. Like, I'm okay. I made it, right? And um and then Jay is just staring at me. 
her eyeballs were her, her like popping out of her face. I mean, she's genuinely concerned at that moment <laughs> that she had, you know, missed missed the the memo in her calendar. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> her brain is just spinning, like because she was there, but she had definitely missed that she was supposed to be there. Ha- yeah, like half of the the itinerary was completed, but the other half she just like did not. <laughs> She was not aware of. And it was so funny because you're right. Like, her wheels were spinning a lot. Um, but she was also, like, looking over to me. Like, I knew what what was happening. <laughs> and I had no idea what was going on here. Where I think I'm just having, you know, lunch and coffee with, with my friend. <laughs> and then this ray of sunshine and energy just, like inserts herself into our presence <laughs> i'm like what is that and like and you did it so convincingly too like you were like i'm supposed to be here this these were our plans you your face was like did not give anything away like i was convinced as well <laughs> so i think it went on for a couple minutes oh like, my gosh it went on a really long time yeah yeah <laughs> And I really don't remember how, you know, the the truth was revealed and and Jay was relieved that, no, she hadn't missed anything. I, I can't remember actually when that, that moment had transpired, but but it must have because there we all were and we were having a laugh and we were happy to be together. And I was happy to meet Sarah. Jay, oh, this is my friend Sarah. This is my friend Tova. And... Yeah, and then instantly they welcomed me into their time together. I didn't feel like I might have. I think at that point I might have excused myself and said, "Well, if y'all need to, you know, get back to." Yeah, and I think I, you did. yeah, and I think um, they were like, "No, no, no." So, um, and I got the sense from both of them that it was okay if I stay and and have have a little time together. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it was truly like a serendipitous and beautiful moment. And again, it was mm-hmm. just so funny because I, a big, uh, uh, like close point for Jay is that she is so loyal to her friends. <laughs> so you really just like stabbed and twisted the dagger there. <laughs> in the most like playful way and then like let it you know let the truth come out and then it was a really just funny thing um but no it was uh it was a really cool moment and um I it was actually really special and intriguing for me because I at that point I'd met a couple of Jay's friends I guess but I hadn't um it it all had felt very um like contextual and like yeah. planned and like yeah. all sorts of things so uh to me you so uh unexpectedly and also to get a chance to learn about you and you and Jay's relationship so intimately i guess yeah. even if only for a few minutes uh yeah. that was really cool because um the way that you and she know each other and connected yeah. are, is very different than yeah. how she and I connected. Mm-hmm. So I really just enjoyed sort of taking a, a, a little step back, I guess, and yeah. sort of listening in on yeah. your conversation. Yeah. And I had sent Sarah that you were, you know, okay with that and um, just allowed – you were enjoying 
observing. Yes, very much. Yeah. And I sensed that very much so. So there, that became a part of the dynamic for a little bit. Yeah. Because I knew yeah. Sarah was enjoying hearing us, you know, kind of catch up and dial it back in and, and that our context was different and that she was a little bit intrigued and you were a little bit intrigued. Yeah. Um, and you know, Jay is, is someone that I, there was a, there was like a pulse in the air and she's someone that I know there's a, a, a maturity to intellectually and spiritually. And I, I can't remember exactly the topic material at the start of things, but I just remember I felt that some things going on in my world found kind of a, a, a safe little nook in the middle of the works yeah. at that moment. Yeah. In the presence of Jay and you with your like, let me sit back and observe this a little bit. And <laughs> yeah. just that that learning spirit and that and the camaraderie, I suppose, was strong. I think there mm-hmm. was something, you know, between the three of us after the the joke and the laugh and the settle in. It was a special moment. And um, Sarah and I briefly, we had talked about how there was something really neat um, spiritually in the air, how the happenstance of that moment where, you know, well, you're right here on time. But really, we weren't all meant to meet at that moment in time. But something felt like where you don't plan and where you don't put on the calendar and where you don't say meet you know, at 12 p.m. at the works in the... In the green chairs. In the green chairs. (laughs) That we really were meant to meet, Mm -hmm. like, in that timeless realm, you know, that we really were meant to. So we really were Mm -hmm. on time or had fulfilled what our calendars, you know, in, in 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 that special, special universe yeah yeah exactly (laughs) exactly no and I think um I yeah I definitely felt all those things too like the the you know the instant connection I'm not gonna lie I I, at the very beginning uh when you first sort of came in I was a little bit on edge because I I just didn't know what was happening yeah yeah (laughs) but then immediately after that and I saw the uh the bond between you and Jay um and I took my my comfy seat sort of observing and listening and sort of like understanding it all um your comfy seat and your comfy overalls exactly yeah (laughs) (laughs) I felt um yeah I I started to feel all of those things that you were mentioning and um it was really beautiful to me because both uh you and she were able to uh just tap directly into your heart spaces it seemed Mm -hmm. i don't i also don't remember exactly what you were talking about but um what i do remember is that she uh shared something uh, or a few things uh very openly and warmly and then Mm -hmm. you listened responded and then also shared and that happened several times like it was a beautiful exchange and i was just sort of sitting there in awe because i i'm not used to that (laughs) at all or i wasn't at least at at that time and at some point in the conversation uh i think you uh turned to me and I don't really remember what prompted it, but you basically um, gave me space to share yeah. if I felt like I wanted to yeah. share. And it's 
it was, that was a really powerful moment actually for me because in the context of it, like if you were just looking at it in the works, like the busy sort of like honeycomb, very busy bee environment yeah. if, in public, yeah. in, in these chairs <laughs> with, um, with a, a good friend and then also a stranger. Right. Um, and knowing like how much I usually share, which is not much. <laughs> I tend to keep things pretty close to the chest, or at least yeah. I did. Um, I felt this like contrast, but this like pull to just share something that yeah. I was thinking about and what I, um, I thought about not sharing it, but I just decided, you know, like what's, what's to lose. And so I decided to share that in that moment, which was now, um, about a year ago, a little more, yeah. about a year and a half ago. Mm-hmm was that I felt I, or I had come to the realization that up until that point, I felt like most of my decision-making had been informed by shame. Yeah. And I – it was just something that I had put together, like, mm-hmm. in, like an operator, like connecting wire or, like, wow. telephone wires. And I had only put it together, like – really just right before I met you. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, it was fresh on my brain. And so when you asked me to share and I had heard you all Mm. um, sharing so deeply, I couldn't just like leave it to something a surface level of, oh, I'm I'm going to a party later or I'm, (laughs) you know, or I I have, this is what I'm working on or like this is, you know, Um, I just felt real like a need to sort of, Get that get out that there. out there yeah. and, and let you know. So yeah. thank you, first of all, for letting me uh, share that with you. Yeah. Um, but it also led me to um, hold on to that being able to share with yeah. you. And so now that I have sort of come not completely full circle, yeah. but I've I've gone on a little journey since then. I thought it would be a lovely uh, sort of bookend, but not, mm-hmm. you know, a final chapter necessarily right. um, yeah. to to talk with you a little bit about shame. Yeah. And, um, you know, I knew that Sarah wanted the topic um, to be shame, and she had shared a little bit about how that was a monumental that's a big word but it was a monumental moment for you wasn't it to, yeah honestly <laughs> yeah to get that out and to to speak that her decisions had been motivated by shame and that i i guess the fog of what you had been under for a time it, you were able to finally put your finger on it and name that's what's been going on with me. and that itself must have been you'd already had you know kind of a a release, so to speak, of even being able to name that, it seems. Yeah. And then, but then to be able to speak it. Um, but so when Sarah first told me that that was, you know, shame was going to be the topic of the, of this podcast. And that, um, that moment in time was her coming out from under the fog. I guess I'm just starting this whole thing out by having my honest, you know, in, in this, okay, I'm going to say, that I told her, I'm in a foggy, I'm in a foggy thing right now. And um, 
And I can't, I, 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 I'm not on the other side of it yet. Mm -hmm. And so it was, um, it was, it was not easy for me to be, um, invited to speak on shame, especially. Um, but when I'm in a, a foggy time that there really might be some shame connected to what I'm going through right now. But I'm not on the other side of it where I could even like make sense of it or speak on it yet. Yeah. You know? So I'm just being honest about where I'm at right now as we start to unfold this topic because I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, you shared with me that um, shame is a little bit of a – uh, a scary thing for you yeah. and it is for me too I think that's not an uncommon right. thing for a lot of people because I at least in my experience there's such a negative connotation mm -hmm. with it it's very rare that mm -hmm. you use shame uh, or any variation of the word mm -hmm. in a positive yeah. light um it's loaded, isn't it? It really, and like loaded and heavy. Right. Like I, I was even for a second going, okay, shame. What is shame? I mean, I just having, I know what shame is, but like really stopping to think, what is it? And then I'm like, okay, well, there's guilt and there, there's mm. nothing like guilt. Right. It's, it, it's something that, yeah, it, it, it goes so deep. It's, um, it's like a, a form of, I don't even know what Oxford Dictionary defines it as perfectly but it's it's something that it does go so deep um like to the core of your being it's mm. it's like a sense of not just like you you being unnecessarily blamed for something or you did something wrong and i feel some guilt around that mm -hmm. it's something that like it goes to the core of your identity basically saying like you're you're not worth you know you don't have the worth that you know inherently, no, no, I am, I am a human. Mm -hmm. I do exist. I was created. I'm meant to be loved, you know, but it's something that drives like all the way to the core down in there and says, no, no, like, no, you're not. Mm. Right. It's like an identity. It's like a, it's such a, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah no i um yeah i felt that <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah i'm just like thinking i'm just like weighing it out and like thinking on it for a second and like what it really is or what it really feels like and yeah it's black i mean it's something that's like really you know like meaning the void of it right the void you can get lost in of it mm -hmm. is is um a dark place it is it yeah. is well let's start with what your relationship yeah. with shame or the word shame is. Yeah. Like, how does it inform or define yeah. your life? Like, what is its space or role? Right. Well, that's huge because um, I wasn't going to go here for a moment when I was trying to weigh out what is it? You know, what is it? What is it? And try to find some words for it. But I wanted to say it's spiritually abusive. Mm. I wanted to go there. Yeah. I wanted to just name it as such mm -hmm. that, you know, if it's being used against you, potentially if you're doing it to yourself as well, if it's, you know, any form of it, it, it 
it is like an attack on your very spirit, right? It, it's the spirit was not meant to be treated that way. And so therefore it is uh, like an abuse to your spirit. Mm -hmm. Um, so, so for me, um, there, this is so interesting to be on a podcast that I know could go on the world wide web. You put this on the world wide web. I do put it on the world wide web. (laughs) (laughs) So then that makes you realize, oh, the whole world could possibly not, the whole world's not going to listen to this, but they won't. (laughs) (laughs) My 20 followers will enjoy it. (laughs) Okay, good. (laughs) Cause I'm weighing out. Cause there are some things, Sarah, that I'm like waiting to fully speak on. That's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Just um, speak intuitively. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Like some family things and some history things that I feel like there may come a day where I um, speak on if ever any other platforms were provided for me. Because I do feel like there's things I want to say. I'm a writer and a songwriter. And there's things I'm like, I don't want to put some narrative to that along the way. Yeah, of course. Um. But I will say that um um though not though not intended um there was some some real forms of you know the spirit not being um the human spirit within me and family life just not being fostered and supported. In, in the most basic way that the human spirit requires and shame was present in that. There was mm-hmm. um, a lot of shame that I think in particular um, my, I'll go here, uh, just 20 followers, <laughs> potentially more, but that I think that my dad um, had a great deal of it himself. Mm-hmm. And, um, not even that he was out to try to transmit that upon us, but that that did occur. And so, you know, being a very small child, you know, soaking up all those realities, especially Sarah and I were both talking about having this kind of very intuitive capacity. We were um, relating to that, that, that she carries that, and that I carry that too, even in the moment in the green chairs. Um, but I think I was very familiar with shame growing up. I was like, okay, it's here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is here. Um, you know, discipline had heavy amounts of it. It's, it is here. Um, there was a lot of um, religious fervor. I come from a Christian household. So there was some kind of shift um, where there really shouldn't be um shame being unleashed, but I think sometimes there really can be with like the most deep well meaning intentions of wanting to serve God and get things right and 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 be right and and learn everything you're supposed to learn you know there there was a component of um shame that was present in that context as well being a like a household of, of faith, there was a lot, a lot of good things too, a lot of good things. Um, but I, that was a little rambly, Sarah. But I'm trying to give 
I guess a, a sweeping, you know, yes, I, I, I have been familiar <laughs> from a young age, um, with shame, with, mm. um, almost was about to call it the person shame, like, oh, like identify, like yeah. as a, a personification. A personification. Wow. Yeah. That's really powerful. Yeah. Like, I'm like, sure that's like, how yeah. strong the presence was, is that it could have been a person. Right. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And thank you for sharing all of that. Yeah. Um, and it sounds like it, this person of mm-hmm. shame, mm-hmm. uh, was not, uh, single faceted. They, it came from lots of different angles potentially, mm-hmm. uh, one of which you mentioned or implied, um, potentially, uh, since you're very, uh, uh observant, yeah. um, and intuitive, uh, like you mentioned, yeah. um, you were able to, it sounds like you were able to see, uh, see examples of this, like, shame in, yeah. um, the people that were, like potentially uh, older than you or Mm -hmm. guiding you or mentoring you, Mm -hmm. Um, maybe even like holding on to Mm -hmm. whatever Mm -hmm. shame or negative feelings that they were expressing. Mm -hmm. And so I was – that got me thinking. um, I'm curious if you think that there's any merit or link to generational trauma and shame. Yeah. Like, does it, do you yeah. think that it's something that can uh, be carried or yeah. trickled down either consciously or not? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even if you just take the example we were talking about, about how in tune we were when, when we were thinking about when we met in the green chairs, we started unpacking how I was picking up these resonances and Sarah, this kind of, I, like that the moment was heavy with her getting able, you know, her being able to take a leap into some new territory. I sensed that. I was told her just kind of as a fellow sister on the journey, having just met her and, you know, feeling a, a, a liking towards her, just that camaraderie was present. But it went deeper where I could, I felt her spirit and I was like, oh, you know, she could take a, a leap in this one. That'd be so cool. And like, And then we were both just kind of having this really deep aha moment where she was like, I asked her if I was making any sense. And she said, oh, very, very much so. I'm just amazed you're putting in it to words the way you are, that that's what was transpiring in, you know, between our spirits in that moment. And then I said, well, yeah. And then you, you carry that too, or I wouldn't be here in your living room today. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> yeah. Cause that resonance literally carried a year and a half later to us sitting here. And now we're, we're talking about the thing you, you made a, a let a leap away from shame. I'm sitting in a place today where I'm like, Oh, she's asked me to speak on this when I'm, I still need to, you know, make that or connect the dots, name it make a leap, <laughs> you know? but, but I'm trying to not shame myself for where I'm at. Yeah. So that's good. That <laughs> is really good. Yeah. But, um, with your question, I guess I was just using it as an example that if our spirits are that intelligent, you know, um, then yes, absolutely. From one generation to the next, to the next, to the next, 
you know, one spirit and the, this word just keeps coming up. I don't even know if I'm saying it right, but the resonances, mm-hmm. the resonances, you know, would definitely carry to the next generation, to the next generation, to the next. Mm. I, I would think so. Mm. I would, I would think so. So it's a, do you think it needs to be a conscious thing for that to happen or does it, is it a subconscious thing that it continues to happen? Yeah, I think it probably dwells in the place of just subconsciously occurring. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, it takes, you know, the conscious awareness that, that you had, like you said, you were connecting the dots, but that's also probably in participation from some of your subconscious aiming towards healing and aiming towards the light, like mm-hmm. entering into your conscious realm, helping you connect some dots, name the thing, right? Mm-hmm. And um, that decisions had been influenced by shame and then take the step further to, you know, bring it into the light, which also, like, you know, disempowered it, right? Right. In that moment. And, and then... Last time we met, there's been like some really incredible movement the past year and a half. You know, I'm not trying to take credit for Sarah's <laughs> really incredible movement, uh, but like to get to be a part of it for that moment in time was super cool. And to get to like feel the thing in my spirit. And I think it's because what I am, I guess, trying to say is that you're you're right that if I hadn't had some of the relationship with shame that I've had historically, that probably did play a part in with like looking at you as a kind of a a, a new friend and having this affinity towards you and being like, today's the day for a a leap, so to speak, Mm -hmm. right? Away from that, even if I didn't consciously. Mm Mm-hmm consciously no you know what it was or does that make sense yeah. yeah yeah so so that's interesting to even say consciously not knowing so that's why i led with i think it occurs on the subconscious realm whether you know it or not right but then the subconscious itself works towards helping you connect the dots consciously mm. mhm that's really interesting because that implies that at least in in your experience and the people and things that I'm thinking of um that subconsciously it is a person's uh drive to naturally help themselves and naturally get better like there's some part of them right. that always wants to be better yeah. even if the the conscious mind um potentially a conscious mind that has a lot of shame uh, pushes it right. down. Um, have – does that – have you had any experience like that? Does that make sense on a personal level to you? Yeah. Yeah. It does. I'm just I'm just kind of sitting with it for a minute. Mm-hmm. Um, Yeah. Even if you just take, there's an author I, I, I like, um, there's a quote I've picked up over the years. It says symbolism is the language of the heart. So even if you mm-hmm. just take, if you have a dream 
and you you're looking and you know it's symbolically rich and there's language there for you you know often you can kind of see what you're what's going on in your subconscious or what it's trying to work out mm-hmm. what it's trying to work out what it's trying to to achieve even um so yeah yeah language of the heart that's really yeah. beautiful yeah sim, sim, symbolism mm-hmm. symbolism I'm thinking about that yeah. too cuz I think I I think I agree with that and that it like your resonates pennies, like your that. Pennies. Yeah. And the color purple. Yeah. <laughs> Has that come up in your podcast? A little bit here and there so <laughs> okay. I I don't think I've spoken about it too too much. Yeah. Um but yeah, I actually counted uh the pennies that I found from all of 2022 uh yesterday (laughs) and so it was from may i started finding them in may and then uh i just kept the little sock Uh (laughs) sock purse in my car until i figured you know december 31st would be a good time to sort of empty it and um I found 59 pennies wow. between May and December. Wow. Uh, just they, or I like to say they presented themselves <laughs> to me. Uh, and I even found one on New Year's Eve and one on New Year's Day. Oh, uh, wow. <laughs> and, you know, what I was thinking when I, because um, I still have them, I put them in a little jar. Okay. And so, and I put the sock back in my car um, and now it has one penny in it. <laughs> so it was 59 um, January 1st or December 31st? It was um, 59. Oh, it, yeah, it was December 31st. Okay. So the one that's in my car now is, uh, it would have been 60, but oh. it's one. <laughs> okay, okay, because you're starting. Okay. I'm starting. I feel like that's the way to yeah, do it. Okay. And, you know, I was thinking about that and, you know, what do what does finding a penny on the ground mean? Well, it doesn't really mean anything but right. it can mean anything you want it to mean so yeah. i've had people tell me well it means that somebody's looking out for you which wow. is which is a nice thought yeah. um i like a uh like a past uh relative or somebody on uh, a spiritual plane if that if you if that holds uh weight for you um but i don't necessarily uh uh, none of those like feel authentic necessarily mm-hmm. to me. Oh, so okay. I liked saying that um, I uh, universe jumped and put them there for myself. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. Yeah, just, you know, just to sort of spark some yeah. fun and playfulness. Um, but, ooh, like the, you know, the Hansel and Gretel tale where they left the breadcrumbs? Yeah, like, yeah. To find their way? Yeah, exactly. And so, and it was interesting because I think I shared with you this with you earlier um that a lot of the pennies not all of them but a lot of them I found when I uh, when I was really frustrated mm-hmm. and when I was really sort of not not in like a terrible headspace but I was just either annoyed at myself or um yeah. I was uh thinking my uh, I was letting my thoughts uh, about something or someone like consume me yeah. like more so than they should have right um been and uh or just when I was in a you know uh a bad mood and so yeah. when I would find them it would actually uh make me really happy and it would bring me a little piece of joy so um just because you know like it didn't have to be there but it was and so every yeah. time I found one I was like oh that's for me and so I would just take yeah. it <laughs> and because 
you know, it, I think it was. And so now I have this jar of 59 pennies. And what does that mean? Nothing really. But what it what I can tell you from it is that that was 59 times last year that I felt a spark of joy. Wow. And I think that that's a beautiful thing. Yeah, so very much so. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. And so that um, the quote about the the symbolism being your heart song, I think that, yeah. that that's a perfect example yes. of that. Yeah. Yeah. And when people were trying to tell you, oh, maybe it means this or somebody's looking out for you, blah, like you kind of went deeper. You're like, no, that's not resonating with me. That's not, I mean, it's that's a nice thought. I like it. Thank you. But you, you kind of went, to down to your heart to the subconscious realm you're like wait a minute what you resonated with it a little bit so, like instead of like analyzing it thinking about it, oh that would be a good answer for it yeah you went down to your heart and you thought i felt frustrated at those you know and then came a spark of joy it's shiny copper right <laughs> exactly <laughs> <laughs> glinting from from the cold dark ground yeah <laughs> waiting to be picked up exactly held and gathered with yes. all my other finny friends <laughs> later to be counted and yeah. rejoiced over yeah Yay! exactly <laughs> <laughs> so it's yeah it's beautiful it's a like your heart symbolically let you know um has meant to brighten your way Mm-hmm. brighten your way your universe jumped plopped a bunch of pennies <laughs> for yourself to keep, remind you to to keep finding joy you know something shiny yeah to pick up and hold yeah some you know as you were saying some maybe moody frustrated moments or moments your mind was you know overladen like it's pretty cool Mm. pretty cool yeah <laughs> thank you for remembering that <laughs> yeah well i found one remember up in john you did <laughs> and you shared it with me <laughs> yeah i texted her a picture of a of a penny that i saw because i instantly thought of what she had shared with me and um i guess the joy spread good Cause I, yeah because i saw it i was like oh <laughs> it's happening. It's happening. It's funny. It's so funny. Well, that's I guess that's been one of my little ways of creating joy or play for myself. Yeah. Um not that well <laughs> I guess one could say that I put them there for yeah. myself, but I didn't consciously put them there for myself. Yeah. But how um going off of that sort of uh tangent where what role do you think joy has in relation right. to shame like yeah i was thinking how, about that yeah. yeah i was thinking about it very much can i hop in yeah like, of course please yeah. do um because i yeah i was seeing the correlation too because i was like you you connected the dots you came out from under the fog you started on your way i mean that's just huge to have identified that certain decisions were were influenced by shame but then you start finding joy and the color purple is a, a part of sarah's journey too but let, if we'll just stick with the pennies you can kind of get the <laughs> idea of how maybe something similar with purple has transpired but mm-hmm. like the pennies along the way were reminding her to brighten up for a moment and like come out of herself for a moment and if if there was anything you know heavy on her on her thinking process or decision process or on her emotional well-being 
to to open up for a minute, to look outside of herself for a moment, and to you know, you know, brighten up and and pick up that shiny piece of copper. Um, and and it, and the joy, it's like the new emotion that you know brought you out of of that place and kind of helped keep you in a higher realm. Mm-hmm. Just kind of helped change, you know. Again, the now, now almost I would use a different word instead of like a resonance, but you kind of change the frequency. Mm-hmm. So you're now up more in your conscious realm. You're a little bit more like, oh, you know, just, okay, look outward for a moment, you know. So I was like, I was looking at, I was thinking about how, you know, a step away from the shame was something as simple as pennies because you're causing me to think about the space that I'm in right now. And like I, I opened up earlier and said, this is a little tough for me to talk about this because I haven't put my feet, you know, it's something probably very similar to what Sarah put her finger on, you know, decisions motivated by shame. I can't put the words to it. Those are, you know, that was Sarah's aha and her dots connected. I'd like to be able to find the words for where I'm at. But I can tell you it most likely is shame related. <laughs> I, can, mm-hmm. I sense that even as we're unpacking this and talking about this. And um, but it's wild because your your penny, you know, your penny experience, it's it's kind of humbling me and it's giving me this reminder that I think my go-to Whoa, 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 whoa. Okay, sorry if I'm not making much sense, but this is going to become a verbal processing moment. Okay, great. I'm so excited. I'm literally on the edge of my seat. Thank you, thank you. My go-to has always been certain ways of reflecting, certain ways of doing some kind of subconscious meets conscious, connect the dots analysis a little bit. And, um, you know, in in a healthy, in a fairly healthy way, I, I... I believe, you know, to kind of have some breakthrough moments in my own life along the the way throughout the years um, was always like super avid with journaler and and then even doing like a reflecting on like if I saved two, three years worth of journal, just like a skim reading, not like getting lost in it for days, but I would do kind of like a skim reading and find aha moments there and then even connect all of those and see it, what a greater aha moment it for becoming and growing and moving forward and you know um but i'm in this space right now where i n- none of my go-tos are are working it's like something i'm hitting a different thing where i'm like okay i don't feel like certain tools i've used or certain ways of going about things and so i guess that feels shameful i'm like ah mm. like but i i keep i'm trying to just wait it out too because i'm like this is probably really 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 good because i'm bumping up against okay that's not quite working that's not quite working that's not there's gonna be something new given to me and and i think the key word is given because sarah was given the pennies (laughs) (laughs) i was (laughs) she didn't like she didn't go on penny hunts right the point of it you know she had moments where oh there's another penny and um she'd had her she had kind of had her aha. And so like meaning 
I'm sorry if I keep repeating your aha over and over, but where you had realized you had, were making decisions motivated by shame, right? That, like, you'd had that moment and then the pennies were given to you to just start you down this, you know, beautiful new process of opening yourself up and coming out from certain thoughts or feelings and catching a new frequency and, you know, going. But I feel like I'm at this point where um, um, I have to almost look now for what's being given to me without my 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 own starting point, my own aha moment. Like I've usually been able to find them mm-hmm. in my spirit, you know, in my processing. Through your journaling. Through and, my journaling, yeah. et cetera. Like I've usually been able to find them and then get excited about, you know, some new journeying and some new growth and um, and then find the pennies along the way, so to speak. And then go, mm-hmm. oh, look, mm-hmm. pennies. And they're being given to me. And oh, wow, here's another, here's another. And, and I just am kind of at this rut where it's like I've been looking for the aha without um, just being, just looking for something to be given to me. It's like I've come to the end of my own um, being able to connect. I'm in this kind of space where I'm like, I can't connect. I yeah. can't. And I even thought about how, you know, I had sensed in you, um, I can't make the connection. Sorry, let me finish that thoughtfully. I can't make the connections like I used to. Mm-hmm. And then find what's being given, the grace that's being given, the shiny pennies. Like, um, maybe it's just where I'm now at in this process. You know, the age I'm reaching, I'm 43, by the way. So I like going through years of journaling and things along the way and growing in different ways. I'm just hitting this place. Hmm. And, um, but it feels kind of good because I'm like, at the end of my, some of my own, even good things and good things that seem to work for me, you know, with growing spiritually and with praying, with journaling, with connecting with God, with connecting with others. And um, so I'm just kind of like waiting. I'm just like, oh, that feels foggy. Ugh. It does feel a little shameful. I'm like, oh, and um, but it there's a slight feeling of, OK, it's OK. Just wait it out. Because something new will be a whole new um, framework. And it might go back to me being able to um, connect some of my own dots again. But I'm just in the grand waiting for the giant penny or something. (laughs) (laughs) Similar to the uh, the giant chicken and the big chicken in Marietta. You just want a giant penny. (laughs) Yeah, just be like, land on the ground and then. (laughs) <laughs> and then I skid onto it. Right, right. Yeah. Um, and go, ah, okay. And then something about where where I have been makes sense. Mm. And then I'm able to go, ah. And then I'm able to start, um, you know, f- name that and then find more pennies along the way. Mm. I hope. 
I hope that made sense. Yeah, okay. yeah. Let me. Um, I'm gonna say a few things back okay. to you. And yeah. let, let me know. Okay, if, okay. if I'm understanding okay. correctly. So it sounds like what you uh, the practice that you've built for yourself. Yeah. So up until this point, yes. that has worked tremendously well for you. It seems. Yes. Is that you've relied on uh, building these connections first through your intuition, and then through. Um, uh serendipity as a as a counterpart or magic or grace or however you want to define that um the beauty i guess yeah um and yeah it also sounds like that's allowed you to grow and grow and expand in like a beautiful way but maybe now you've reached uh a part where you've like sort of hit that um mm-hmm. that glass wall mm-hmm. maybe mm-hmm. and you've used all the tools that you know how to use and mm-hmm. maybe you need to find uh find some more tools uh-huh um yeah so do you think and it sounds it also sounds like it's putting a lot of um like there's a contrast or a a pull uh, on a, almost like a fight between you because it's, mm-hmm. I can tell that it's it's frustrating mm-hmm. you um, yeah. not being able to figure out like how to break through that mm-hmm. self-imposed glass ceiling. Mm-hmm. So do you feel a lot of pressure and do you think that that pressure, if you do feel it, is the source of the shame that you feel relating wow. to yeah. that? Yeah. To your growth. Wow. You might have just named my thing. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. That's good because um, there is one tool. So it's not going to sound like I'm answering your question directly yet, but I'll get back to it. There's one tool that I'm like, this one is fail safe. Like um, this is, you know, this. This one runs deep. And I even have thought about this is, you know, ancient, time tested. And I had thought about my interaction with Sarah and Jay that day and how I was even like in a way trying to offer her something that Sarah, something that was like, here's a moment where if she could bring into the light, if she wanted to. And I I truly felt that feeling of like, you know, there's, you don't need to, if you don't want to, like you could have gracefully declined and there wouldn't, you know, it would have been okay. But I was, cause it took a little bit of a leap for me too, to be like, you, you, you know, want to, cause it could have, that could have felt like too much to you at that mm-hmm. moment or something. Mm-hmm. And you know, could to, maybe have um, felt like a rejection to you perhaps right. also if I declined. Right. Right. And, um, and so it was like, okay, in that moment, it, it, something about the moment was heavy with, with it with, in, in a good way. And, um, but that's something that deep, 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 deep in my heart, um, something I gravitated towards, something that was given to me, something like it was something that became a tool of my, a tool of mine was, you know, that that you open up, you find a safe place and safe people, and that you everybody needs that in their life. They need, you know, that place 
where we can, you know, we need that. We need that as to combat shame, to mm-hmm. combat it. Because if we've all got that person that comes knocking on our doors a lot to say, to even put it in a personified form, and it's scary. We're like, oh, no, no, it's knocking at my door again. No, yeah. like to then, you know, find someone that's that you can, you know, share what it it feels like or what's causing you to hear that pounding knock at your door, you know, and to get it out into the light instantly relieves shame. I think it, it instantly brings, you know, a sense of acceptance and freedom and, you know, and, and, and then we still got to get back to then how joy is a powerful combative, you know, just kind of pop, pop, like pull you out of those places real quick and keep you on that, like different place you know that higher that higher place um but that tool i recently was thinking about it again and i was thinking probably you just need to find it you've like reached a new level where you've got to find um a different type of confidant like a different space spiritually like a a a person a place a someone to like bring some things into the light and maybe I do, you know, but then I, but the glass ceiling thing you were talking about, but then I keep like strangely bumping into anytime I think of that notion. I'm like, no, I don't. I need something that's, um, like doesn't have to do with people this time. Mm, Does that, it comes from inside yeah. of you. Like you figured it out. You don't need the external validation. Yes. That and you know, with my maker, like, I feel like it's, it's a, it's a thing with my maker, right? The, the one that knows my soul, made my soul, knows me better than any human will ever know me, knows my spirit, knows me better than I know myself. Like I'm reaching that, you know, but what's cool is, and I need you to say it again. I hope you you didn't lose it because I went off on this tangent is that through you, through a person, like on the second day of the new year, when I came into this podcast with much fear and trepidation. <laughs> Same. <laughs> You're not alone. <laughs> but that, that old tool without me really looking for it, but just showing up for this podcast, like was just put into use because you said it, you named it. You said the pressure that I put on myself has become almost the shame of, you know, all these ways of, of kind of growing and processing and, you know, being me and going to the next level. This stuff is so weird. I love your podcast. <laughs> 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 like, some people, you know, some people out there might listen to this and be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I and, hope so. Yeah, and others are going to be like, they are crazy. Or I I'm hope crazy. so. <laughs> I'm crazy. <laughs> We've got something for everybody here. You just might interpret it in a different way. <laughs> I love that we're talking on this level. And I do. I think there are people that are going to like just dig that level of communicating. And others, it just may not compute. And that's okay. You know, if they're not, if they cannot be open and warmly receive the messages, that's okay. We still love them. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah well 
Well, it's been um it yeah, just even from the little because it really is little that um that I know you and have gotten to experience you yeah. and all these things. Yeah. So just putting it together, um, based on the little that I know about you, what I do know for sure is that you are a person of expansion and of growth. And Jay is very much a, a person of growth wow. too. Yeah. Um, that was actually her word on my last season. Oh, neat. Oh, neat. Um, and then uh, she's also on uh, this season for a different word. But cool. um, but so it doesn't surprise me that you're friends, but yeah. you always uh, are seem to me to want to expand and want to yeah. um on the subconscious and conscious realm yeah. i think to be better and right. to like seek the seek the warmth and the yeah. joy and all and chase all of those things yeah so um i i asked about the the pressure because yeah. i was curious um in a growth standpoint i guess yeah. because um Wow, you wow, can't wow. have yeah. growth necessarily without going outside of the, yeah. the comfort zone. Right. And when you were talking about all the tools that you use and are so good at using the planners, the, yeah. the you know, the opening up to people, the community, all of those right. things, it just made me connect right. those two things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think there's like, I'm just not going to be ashamed to say this because you are helping me a lot right now, Sarah, like how you put your finger on that word that I potentially had. There's been a mounting pressure with my kind of growing as a person and I'm hitting this glass ceiling and maybe I'm feeling some kind of shame and like, man, like certain tools and certain rhythms and certain ways of and certain, yeah, ways of kind of moving forward, like kind of finding meaning and different seasons I've had and finding, you know, that hope and that optimism and how to, you know, take some nuggets of truth for the journey and, you know, keep that skipping my step or whatever, like feeling like I've started to lose that some, there is some shame in that. And, but I think that, um, it was even just last night or the night before. So it's wonderful how these, you know, these moments come together, right? Where um, all in preparation, that's subconscious realm stuff. Right. Yeah. Because I think um, it was last night that I, um, even though I I would, if this word being a perfectionist, ah, yeah, that word is like, no, 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 I don't want to be that. That's not me. I don't want to be that. Um, I've even wrote in my children's, in my children's book series, in my project, it's like, um, there's, you know, it's okay not to be perfect. That's what, that's a part of the little philosophy that these, um, forest creatures, Mm. (laughs) these forest creature friends celebrate, right? Mm -hmm. Um, imperfection, imperfection. Um, even in my, um, my, my building project, I've like, I've seen how, um, when, I think I told you this when we met earlier, but when little mistakes have happened, I'm finding how purposeful they were. Mm. The actual mistake was an important part of even, you know, 
the kind of the geometry of the space. I'm like, I didn't ask him to cut the window in there. I asked him for to have it six inches this way. Yeah. Yeah. In your um in your uh, tiny house. Yeah. 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 But then I'm like, oh, I didn't realize that I was actually going to need that extra six inches on this side. And right. so, yeah. So I feel that, you know, that God has been trying to teach me. Like, do you see? Do you see? Like, it's the mistakes themselves that um, all this good is coming from. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, trying to specifically show me that um, with little things with the tiny home building project. But um, perfectionism, I think it went deep into me at a young age. And I'm like, ah. You know, because I... I I guess in a lot of ways try hard to not come across as a perfectionist in any way, shape, or form. You know, yeah. like, no, that's not what I want to be. But I think that that's not what I want to be philosophically. That's not how I want to be with people. I never want them to feel that, you know, from me or that I would want that from them or, you know. But I I do think it's like that they're, they're, they're been driven in deep there somewhere in my growth process. It was driven in deep this attempting perfection of, of, of something, you know, of, of, of the growth of my soul, of my being, of my, you know, and that somewhere in there, like I, it got in there, it got in there pretty deep. And I like, there is, you know, a, letting go of that or busting through that glass ceiling into a new place of, of, you know, that would have a lot less shame to it. Right. Right. Like, right. Hopefully could just like squash that thing, you know, because, you know, just exist in a, in a whole new kind of rhythm of, of, of grace. Um, cause yeah, when you said pressure and then I thought last night I was kind of like, I feel like I'm just really flobbing out over here, meaning um, it's the holiday. So I'm usually working with these young kids in the afternoons and I'm busy in the mornings um, as well. And um, so just feeling the time around me and space to think is like showing me more of the fog I've been in and how I'm like, I'm not feeling so good. Like, you know, my mental health like you would notice a mood or a frustration then find a penny i've just kind of been in a space where i'm like yeah i'm just like not um really functioning all that great as a human being right now yeah and and but not kind of getting to the place of going you know what even though i say i've been kind of waiting and there's some like goodness like i'm not completely without hope i'm like there will be a new grace given. I will bust through this glass ceiling. Yes, the old isn't working. That's a good thing. That's actually a good thing to hit kind of a new, but what is it? But what is it? I'm just biding my time and it doesn't feel like any real growth is happening. You know, and, um, but it's, it was all to kind of get to and point at, as you, you said it with the word pressure. And then last night I was like, it's time to like take a, hard look at yourself and say, you know, there has been a perfectionism in you and that, 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 that still got a hold yeah, and has got to go. I mean, it's got to go, <laughs> you know, and maybe that's what all of this has been about to get to this point because, um, 
perfectionism is a whole different topic, but I think it's very, 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 very closely related to shame. Would you mind if we stick with it for a little bit? Because I very much think the same thing. And I think that that's um, where a lot, not not probably all, but uh, a lot of my shame was rooted as well. Um, Although for me, I would define it uh, slightly different. I would define it as um, uh, what's what's called maximizing, um, where you constantly seek the, uh, the absolute best, like the superlative for everything. And it's like, even if you achieve, uh, like the superlative state of whatever you're going after, it's, um, you can always find the flaws in it. Right. Uh, Whereas my understanding of perfectionism is you should it's the shoot for the moon land among the stars yeah. thing yeah. like you do it really well and then um even if it's not quite there it's still um it's still really high quality and beautiful and you can move on right. from it um but so there is like a degree of satisfaction right. um but it's uh it's achievable to right. some in some way mm-hmm. and you might not get everything um but there is some satisfaction but regardless um i feel like the uh the perfectionism or the maximizing yeah. a- any of that um chasing yeah the the perception aspect of it like the Part of it comes from wanting to achieve something for myself, like mm-hmm. that I'm, you know, happy with or satisfied with. Yeah. But a lot of it comes from how are others going to perceive me? And what really resonated right. with me and what you were saying is the, just the desire to be seen as good mm-hmm. and not just um, good at as like in uh, like math or science or mm-hmm. like any like a study but like what will make people regard you as a person with good character mm-hmm. or a person that they can consider safe or a friend or mm-hmm. um or are you a person that holds the door for somebody or um you know just anything and i think that that's I mean, chasing goodness and kindness, I think, is a is a right. good thing to do. I think it's a beautiful thing to be kind. But mm-hmm. um, in myself, and I'm curious about you as well, but I find or have found um, myself making my decisions and actions because I was um, – fearful i guess of being seen as a bad person and not as a a good one right yeah yeah because i was gonna say when those actions are kind of they're 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 those actions can end up being kind of stifled if they're not they're just rote and not coming from a place of just resting in acceptance and not a um hamster 
wheel chase of like, no, I'm struggling to find if I have the inherent worth if if I'm seen if I'm good not just seen as good but if I'm actually good yeah so I'm attempting the actions to be seen that way because maybe it'll trickle down there and make me feel like I actually am mm-hmm. um, when really it needs to start at that deep you know deep deep central level of that's past that's why I was saying the tool of of talking with people I, I'm kind of like mm, it's it's different now there's something deep in my own gut you know between me and my maker that has to get worked out here mm. you know um um because the truth is you know you you know no matter you know no matter what you you do it could always be being perceived as not being good you know yeah and, yeah and yeah. that's so tough when you're trying to at least it has been for me when right. you you're like craving that label of being perceived by others as being the the good student or the good kid or the good person mm-hmm. or the good coworker, mm-hmm. whatever the label. Yeah. But I think you're exactly right. Like it needs to to yeah. some degree, like in that example, the tools are the actions, I think. Mm-hmm. Um like Doing nice, kind, right. like thing, easy things for people. Right, right. But if the tools are there, but the intention right. is wrong or not wrong, but um, yeah, it's just that's not the intention behind. That's not what motivates mm-hmm. the kindness. Then, mm-hmm. yeah, I think you're onto something there. The shame yeah. or whatever the negative feeling is can linger. Yeah, yeah. And there's a there's a crazy whole new level for me this is taking me to that I'm like I'm scared to start trying to talk about this on the podcast because it could definitely not make any sense this time. But <laughs> I, but I think I'm gonna try to go there for a brief second because sure. I um in my own journey, I feel like there's also been this whole catch twenty-two of like I can be um like social norms. I have had a a way due to some of, you know, the things that have shaped me in my experiences where I'm going, I'm kind of subverting around those at times. Like, I guess even when we met in that moment and just letting that linger for a while for Jay to feel like she had dropped the ball, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just a little example. I mean, it was a, it was a fun joke, but there's like moments where I'm kind of subverting around certain social norms because I see like a greater good where I'm like even wanting us all to be a little bit more free or to have something against the norm happen that'll really do us all a lot more good or something. And so a lot of times like ways that I've been wired in that way um, backfires, you know, mm. Back is, is not, you know, maybe understood. And then I end up getting even more shame. It feels like from, seeking it um what's the word externally oh yeah yeah Yeah. like I end up getting more for something that I'm like no I was like I feel like I was going for a a deeper intention you know so that that's why I'm like this whole glass ceiling for thing for me has been very real because it's like that I did have like some intrinsic deeper motivation in a lot of ways throughout my life up to this point and i'm even hitting that 
Does that make sense? Yeah. To go, yeah. there's something even past that. Um, deep in that. That's why I'm saying it, it just goes into, um, you know, deep in the spirit. Uh, deep, deep, deep in the spirit. Um, which we, you know, we started this whole thing talking about, like I said, I think shame is such a enemy to our spirit. You know, it's it's like a form of spiritual abuse. If we dish it out on somebody else or if we dish it out on ourselves, we're harming our very, very, very spirits. Like the human spirit was not meant to ever, you know, experience that, you know. So then it does go deeper past all those other levels to a, to a place of like a, a well-being, a wholeness down in your spirit that you have to seek from past all the sources and past all the tools and past and and I just happened to be at that point in my journey where I'm like all right and I'm just yeah I'm I'm um just kind of I I mentioned I'm just kind of flobbing out lately like I haven't you know kind of had any kind of fresh wind come my way to be like how to go about this yet uh I so I just I'm excited now 23 has started and we're having this podcast this chat and i do feel some excitement picking up where i'm like okay all right you know the old tool of talking about it has helped it has <laughs> it has helped and there has been insight given to me that i would not have you know the light shown in and what you've spoken in um has been been really good um i, I feel like i had one other thought about um oh yeah the, the how closely related to perfectionism mm -hmm. and how it's really time for, you know, an uprooting of that um, in deeper, deeper, deeper ways in my own life to come. And we've kind of touched on how we can stay in these realms of like seeking the approval, you know, in a perfection or maximize, you know, to this. Um, but I'm seeing how, you know, that perfectionism is is the same kind of affront to our human spirit that shame is because it'll never work like it's the perpetual hamster wheel you know it's a perpetual just um unrelenting like not letting you know yourself have a, a breath of fresh air because it it'll never work you know mm -hmm. so yeah there's some i feel like i have some i have some exploration to do now i have some like okay you know, where am I going for that? And, and to who? Is this like a people thing or is this a me thing? It's probably some both, mm -hmm. some both, you know, and is this a God thing? And like just kind of letting some light be shed on that, you know, and starting. And I am a, a verbal processor, so I still will be finding people to blab at some to kind of, okay, make sense of some things. But, um, I I used to really enjoy my solitude and that's an old tool that I've it's I've kind of has started to slip through my fingers. Hmm. Like even over the holidays the house was full and and family you know I came down to Atlanta to my parents' house where we all grew up my brothers came in from out of town my sister from Nashville and like they have kids and it was and then there was a day they all cleared out and went on like family outings and I stayed behind and quiet and it wasn't good. For me, um, you know, whereas before you've really uh, loved 
the solitude. Yeah. yeah. And wow. I, and I started to go, mm, like, should I? I re- literally remember thinking, should I seek to avoid being alone more these days? Or mm. should I? Is there something to press through? Yeah. And so, do you see? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And you felt that. You realized, you noticed it immediately, the I difference did. that you felt. I did. Wow. Yeah. Like in a, in a pretty big way. And so I, and, and I re- remember that I didn't have, I did not have the answer where typically I would go, well, you probably this or this, you know? Mm-hmm. Instead, I was like, I don't really know. Like maybe in this biting time I've mentioned, this foggy time, it is best to just stay around people, you know? Mm. And I'm like, no, do you need to kind of like press through? Yeah. I'm like, well, I feel like I'm still waiting for something to be given for that to like. So it'll, 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 all, it'll work out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. That's so interesting, though, yeah. that you were able to identify that so quickly and immediately and, and name it. And, it was you interesting know. to me, too. I was like, I was kind of like, whoa. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. You mentioned a little earlier that, um, and this, like, when you said it, it really, like, I winced, honestly, Did like, you? because it, it cut me pretty deep, too, Ooh, yeah. when um, there were, it sounds like there have been times where you've expressed yourself, you've taken the the measured risk, I guess, in right. expressing yourself authentically, oh, yeah. yes. and then um, were immediately... Uh, yeah humiliated to some degree maybe that's too strong of a word but yeah it whatever reaction you got was not what you were intending for it it to happen uh maybe and you felt this misunderstanding for sure and oh that just like cut me so deep because um the i i guess i like from my perspective i feel like the environment or context that I'm in has to be so safe for me to yeah. uh, share and yeah. express myself authentically, whether that's like through speech or whether that's through um, artistically, yeah. um, what have you, like regardless, um, or even just to be a little silly with people and joke around. Um, and then for whatever I'm choosing to right. share, like, whatever it is, uh, to be not taken the way that I intended it for it to be taken. Um, it, like, that rejection from the not, even, not even just, like, it doesn't even need to be a negative reaction, but just, like, an apathetic or a neutral, like, a lukewarm reception, mm-hmm. um, that is a big source of shame for yeah. me, for sure. Yeah. So it really spoke to me when you said that. Yeah. 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 You you hit it when you said the misunderstanding and then often comes like some kind of labeling. And I think there's a part of me that's so like, ah, like um, has been seeking for authentic relating. And so when that whole process goes that way. <laughs> yeah it's especially irksome and shameful you know um because you're trying to <laughs> share yourself authentically is yeah. the point uh-huh. and then the negative 
or a lukewarm reaction comes in. And then at least for me, I learn, oh, well, I guess I won't share that anymore. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, we're absolutely social creatures. We cannot exist without our human relating where I think of like hermits, but they, they just start relating to their plants because they're seeking relating or mm. their animals, like having relationship with those other living organisms. Yeah. <laughs> or, you know, we, we have a, a bit of a relationship going with ourselves too, for sure. Um, so we can't escape this whole social reality. Um, and so it seems like we're all probably trying to find that balance at all times. And like, uh, uh, um, you know, a big word, a, t- a hot topic word like shame, just, you know, it really like, woo, it kind of opens up that whole terrain, doesn't it? That mm-hmm. whole, our human relatings and how we feel. Because, I mean, who, you know, we have our own internal voices causing us shame at times. Um, but there's a lot of it that is, is, um, in our human relatings that we're experiencing that. And then, you know, the interplay between all that we experience out here causing us that and then how we pick that up or believe that and start, you know, repeating that verbiage in our own hearts, you know, or Mm -hmm. where it's undone at times by, like I said, the tool of finding a safe place. And you're like, wow. And now we're both, we both feel a little bit lighter because we both helped each other realize we don't have to feel ashamed about being ourselves, you know, and you go, ah, oh, that was great, you know, but then sometimes you still bump into, you know, those old voices or the thing that's deep inside of you, your own relationship with yourself, deep in your own spirit. Again, that's the glass ceiling thing I feel like I'm hitting is a, a place down in me to contend with and you know and I'm really I guess wrestling with what that looks like like I said I didn't know is it better to be around people right now or should I press through this thing alone I'm wrestling with that because I think tied into that a lot for me has been an ongoing relationship with God that I'm like hitting the glass ceiling of that going like I I forget who I said this to a good friend recently it's like I feel like I need to break up with God you know Hmm. (laughs) like not in a um like there will be aspects of my faith that will never depart because once you've had real relationship and a real encounter and you've experienced and you know heard things and had relating transpire that brought about nothing but good and was nourishing to you. But then that's part of my glass ceiling is potentially hitting all of the ways I've been like wrongly relating to God too, or projecting things, <laughs> you know, and um, kind of caught in that because, um, <sighs> yeah, that's the one relationship that, that it, others are, um, 
are a part of because, you know, you're praying or processing through your experience, but it's the one that's like only yours. Mm. You know, it's the one that's only within you to have, you know? Mm -hmm. And so for me to be kind of bumping up against some things that aren't working there, that's the thing I'm like, okay. You know, there, there potentially are some aspects of relating to God that I need to break up with, you know, and to myself mm. that I need to break up with, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, kind of in that um, biding time to see, like, hmm, what does that – what does that look like? That is whole new t- territory for me. Right. That is a whole new, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that makes sense. <laughs> some new because... resources, some new tools, something. Like, right. Yeah. Right. Because you've, up until this point, all of those aspects of you, right. um, I hesitate to label anything as necessarily good or bad, yeah. but all of those um, traits yeah. that you have the shame included they've right. been with you the whole time right um so it yeah i imagine it's like really hard to sort of look that in the face and mm-hmm. be able to acknowledge it and then potentially even thank it and then let it go mm-hmm. yeah um and finding something new in order to even engage that process. Yeah. So the letting go, you've got one hand grabbing onto something. You're like, all right. Um, that something new that can kind of pull you in a new direction mm-hmm. is um, is interesting. Because I, I <laughs> it's also funny where talking about all this because it was just the other day like i think it was last night that i kind of had the thought like you still got that as much as you would deny it perfectionism and you like don't like to cultivate that in any way in your relatings or you know kind of embrace the mistake you know kind of you know that i've tended to lean toward like i had that thought last night i'm like you still got that perfectionism thing is got you know got a hold in some places it's got to go um what was the other thought oh i was about to refer back to an old tool yeah like a deep type of reflecting i used to to do that always amounted to some real good and to these breakthroughs where i'd um i don't even know how to just put my process into words because um it was like a it was like a narrative type of thing where i'd look at um, some seasons passed and I'd find the narrative themes and I'd go, yeah, yeah. I'd go, okay. And I kind of catch, you know, where the story's going, so to speak. And I would find where to keep having hope with certain like dreams that aren't yet fulfilled or things or, you know, just, okay. And then just, and I thought about going there again. Mm-hmm. Somehow I was like, you just need to sit down and like have a big old, like reflecting time like you used to. Yeah. I was like, I don't even know that I could right now. It's like that tool is is kind of slipping. Mm. Like that, you know, something that was seemingly so good. And I hear you saying not wanting to label it as good or bad, but to me it seemed very that was that was good. You know, yeah. I mean, that worked. Yeah. That worked. Right. Um, 
but even that is like not like you know glass ceiling Boop. You know? yeah you're hitting yeah. you're bumping up against yeah. it i did want to ask you what you think or what your experience with the origin of shame has been because we've sort of talked about it from a contextual or in mm-hmm. an environmental sort of like circumstance and mm-hmm. we've also talked about it in how we think it's transferred or how it flows mm-hmm. but i'm curious as to where you think it comes from either in yourself or just in general oh so um i'm trying to understand what you're asking me a little bit better so like are you asking for do you think are you asking is was there like an origin experience that seemed to kind of bring shame into your world or you like because i think we're all prone to it right it's Mm. it's a spiritual reality in this world whether we want to admit that or not like it's present Mm -hmm. and we're all susceptible to it. And then we all deal with it, I would mm-hmm. say. Various degrees. Um, but our, so the origin for me, like when I, is that what you mean? Is that, I guess uh, so, yeah, because it seems like it's something that I'm, I guess, trying to figure out. Right. It seems like we've established that as you, in your words, um, it's the the enemy of the soul or the spirit. Um, And so I guess I'm trying to figure out is I do agree with you in um, you saying that you think it's a a very human thing that we all possess and have. Right. Um, But I'm wondering if it's something that one is aware of like consciously i guess like immediately or if it is learned and has to be shown like in a in a sort of like social structure i would say both okay you know i guess thinking of the whole nature nurture type of thing i mean it's i think it's present as a spiritual reality in our world whether we we know it or not i think mm-hmm. you know i think to the for it to you know run rampant in the human experience to be something we can even be talking about something that we're discussing something that we're we've found connections in you're like yeah i dealt with it here and i'm like oh i deal with it here you know it's you now a universal reality it's out there it's ah I do think of it as an enemy. I do think of it as ugly. I don't think of it as a friend. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, there's some things to learn about about going having that self-compassion going, oh, I'm feeling shame right now. And hmm, how can I? Like, I feel like I've been doing a little bit of that with just I'm biding time right now. And I don't want to be too hard on myself for that doesn't feel the most productive it doesn't feel most shiny you know but um it's where i'm at at this point and you know i'm waiting for 
the new or for a grace to be given. I've hit this glass ceiling. It's I've hit the glass ceiling. So and it you know something's gotta get. I don't know if it's within me right now to do or not. Because mm-hmm. I couldn't answer that question. Is it best to be alone or not? You know. Yeah. Right. It's not, I don't know that it's in me right now to know what to do. Mm-hmm. Um. So, gosh. Where was I going with that? Was basically <laughs> you were uh, answering where you think yeah. shame comes from. Yeah, and I was going about it in a roundabout way because it was making the most sense to me. Um, um. Oh, just about uh, there's something to be said about allowing yourself to feel a, a certain way and. And not seeing it so quickly as the enemy, you know, but mm. seeing it as a part of the range of human emotions that you can have and giving yourself, you know, a little grace for having that, for ha- experiencing a little shame or a little, we, we, you talked about pressure or the tendency towards, you know, perfectionism. Um, however... <laughs> I don't think shame is a good thing. Hmm. Do you? I mean, when you said I, I tend to not want to use good or bad, you know, but I'm like, mm, I, I don't think it is. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad you said that because I was actually thinking about that uh, when I was doing my brainstorm and actually yeah. that was what was keeping me not like awake awake but that was like one of my last thoughts that I was having yeah. last night before, when I was going to sleep was yeah. I was really searching for a good type of shame wow I was really searching because I wow like I'm right I'm I want to I'm of the mind that I can learn something from everyone and potentially right. everything, even if it's just a little thing and it doesn't necessarily have to be in a good right. way that I learn it. Um, but, and I, I'm I'm not going to lie, I'm like pretty good at the uh, the reframing and like right. looking at, you know, glass half full type of thing. But yeah. man, it's so tough with uh, shame itself. The closest thing that I could find that I yeah. had a somewhat positive uh, reaction to when I said it was um, or thought about it was, um, you know, how people use it as a noun and say um, uh, sort of like dismissively what a shame because to me, uh, yeah. that expresses, depending on what they're saying, um, it can express regret and longing. Right. And that was the closest I came to being able to have a positive right. relationship with it. Mm-hmm. Which is another relationship to explore, shame and longing. Um. Right. Yeah. Because yeah. when somebody's saying that, it's almost like a, a desire that was lost. Right. A longing that went unmet. Right. A beautiful thing that could have happened. The potential. The potential. Yeah. And it's that oh, that feeling of, you know, which I, yeah, what a shame. You know, you, it's it's expressing something deeply lost that 
could have been again a good thing right yeah it could have been a yeah. good and beautiful thing but um, at this in the same breath it can also that same phrase can have just as much apathy behind it and be very dismissive r- oh yeah yeah oh yeah like when it's kind of being done self-righteously or something like yeah what a shame like right that, right um, right about the situation like about the person who cause it or something along those lines yeah like it it comes off uh of the attitude i'm saying the right things but i'm not gonna lift a finger uh-huh. to help right right yeah so that's interesting you you spent time really thinking deeply if there was any kind of positive connotation of shame if there's anything that you could go okay well that kind of be a good form of that you know well i'm curious to know if you have had or know of a good thing about shame because <laughs> i would very much like to yeah. know if you do yeah and i well i like how you said you're always trying to learn and reframe it i i do that a tremendous amount as well and um and, you know, I thought there are, there, you know, just think of other, like, human emotions and experiences and the good that can come out of. Wow. Yeah, it, it really stumped me because yeah. the only other ways that I could think about it were either harmful or hurtful to others, like when you're shaming somebody or... um hurt yourself potentially um when you're ashamed so it was the the longing i Uh came up with and then the second thing was um i mean it's kind of a stretch and would depend like very much on the the person but um harboring shame like feeling ashamed potentially um leading somebody to change their actions and then be better in a situation that comes up again like for example um this is just off the top of my head but like um again like going back to just like really simple gestures of kindness like um you're walking um oh actually here's an example that uh just happened to me i was coming out of a uh a building and um there were two sets of doors and there was it was a building such that there was like an entrance door and an exit door and i went out the exit door and i in my mind i was like i'm going out the exit door because this is this is the right thing to do this is the good thing to do and i saw that there was um it was a thrift store and there was a he wasn't like elderly but he was an older yeah. man carrying uh, box that looked kind of heavy um, and he was walking towards the building and my instinct was oh I should hold the door open for yeah. him however my wanting to be good uh-huh. uh, to the store was uh-huh. like this is the exit door he can't go in the exit door <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't immediately just go ahead and open the door yeah. for him um, because I thought that I was going to be shamed 
by the store for helping him go in the wrong door. Uh, Like, that's where my brain went on a subconscious level. And that's where my, um, that's what influenced my actions to not do that. However, then he did this in a very nice way, but he just sort of, like, said, hey, leave that door open. Like, Uh he just, like, putting himself out there, like, saying that he needed help. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh, okay. And then I just went and held the door open for him anyway. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, but anyway... So now I think I'm more programmed or aligned to see the thing that needs help in the situation and address the thing that needs help if it's something like that that I can see and then um, prioritize that over the rules that I know are mm-hmm. in place and so that my, I mean that that's a stretch but yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that was an example for me where I felt um ashamed that I didn't immediately just hold the door open for him okay so you did feel slightly ashamed of that I did you yeah because you felt like I'm putting the store yes over this over a person yeah yeah <laughs> yeah 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 I see that yeah I see that feeling of like yeah yeah i know that that yeah and you did find i think an example of like of how shame can get converted right you know so because i was thinking about that when you were saying trying to think of examples we got and i think what it is is that shame in its um oppressive form and manifestation is so um gruesome to all of it like we kind of touched on that at the start of this we were like it's awful isn't it it's an awful awful emotion i mean we agreed on that didn't we oh yeah for sure yeah it's like (laughs) yeah we were both very much like repulsed by yeah repulsed yeah so it's it's like full of it's it has like exponential amounts of negative connotation all in it and through it and around it and something about you know like you were saying you spent time trying to think okay but then when you when i i you asked me the question can you think of any form of it that's good and i was spending time trying to find and trying to find and it's the hardest it's it was the hardest for you to kind of try to find um I started thinking about their emotion. I was thinking, well, feet, let me think about fear or let me think about grief or let me think. Um, but they all, I, I, I suppose, can ha- go through a type of conversion and you come out with something that you you learned or you were, you know, you that um, you uh, you come out better from. um but yet still, like I think a grief, there's a healthy form of grief. There's a healthy form of grieving in and of itself. There's a healthy, you know, fear. There's a healthy form of fear, it, it seems, you know, in and of itself. It's good to have a healthy fear of, you know. Um, they say that about stress, don't they? It's like, oh, there's healthy stress. Yeah, you know good stress. Good stress. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like that's that to me. I'm like really. Ugh. Yeah, that sounds a little <laughs> sus. <laughs> but yeah, but shame. It's like 
it doesn't necessarily feel like there's a healthy form of it. It, it <laughs> right. It had to go through the conversion process for you to go. Oh, okay. You know, he asked if I could hold the door. I I dismissed the the store in that moment, and and that shame I have felt about being more concerned about the store. You know, and then I was able to like do what needed to be done, not be concerned that they were staring down at me. You know, and just. Just do it. Do what needed to be done, even if it was the wrong door, and you know. Yeah. And get on my way. So it it did go through that conversion process. Um, but I can't think of like a real. Oh, that's a healthy form of. <laughs> it's a tough question because yeah. I like I couldn't. Those two things that yeah. I found are stretches. And again, like you said, it's all about the conversion process. I think, if anything, it sounds like an an enzyme, or um, but not even all the time, because uh, a lot of um, people, myself included, just sort of um, if they don't crack, they just sort of hold it as right. um, as a thing that they've put themselves under, or right. um, they just harbor it. Yeah. So it doesn't necessarily help everything. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, you know, when I, when we started talking about this, I said, I, I think it is pretty lethal. I mean, it's, it's a, it's an enemy, so to speak. It's like experiencing it is that affront to your spirit. I went so far as to, that's a loaded thing to say. It's got a spiritually abusive component to it. It's not what your spirit should have to endure. Mm. Um, you know, and yes, like that, that lighthearted form of going, oh man, you know, I was too concerned about the store. Oh, he's giving me an out. Okay, let me hold the door. Okay, that worked out good. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, that worked out good. Yeah. You know, I mean, those kind of moments, of correct you know, moments with some remorse you feel over certain moments. And, 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 and then yours went a little step further to feel a teeny bit of shame. And, and that happens with me too, where you, you look at yourself in your moment and you're like, really? You know, mm-hmm. and you feel a little, a little shame about that and um, try to let it go through a conversion process and think, well, I'm learning, I'm growing. Oh, you know, oh, look, okay. And mm-hmm. I can, this can be corrected here. But I guess I just went straight for the gut level rejection. And, and we ha- I'm surprised we have not, said that word this whole podcast because it it's very closely linked i went i went straight for that form that tells that's deep inside of us that tells us we're not worth anything and yeah we're not good at the most basic level like that our personhood the self that we are you know not not one of us can become a different human i mean we are who we are essentially you know and that feeling that says that's not Good. Like that type of rejection of our being. Yeah, I can't think of much good about that. Right, right. Because it's it's directly opposed to like life and creation and you being um you and you know and growing and um and finding those conversion moments. Like if you'd stayed in shame, you know. You 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 would have been walk around the store going I'm a piece of shit I'm a piece of shit I didn't you know mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. it would have been bad yeah <laughs> yeah right like 
that's what shame does. It, it can't even do a conversion process of like, okay, yeah, I was concerned. I was having a moment where I was feeling, you know, I probably was elevating the store's opinion of me more than that in that moment. But man, I'm, I, I'm learning. I'm learning. Like, okay. I'm look, I, you know, let me, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Let me brush that off. Yeah. Let me brush that off and let me, um, you know, think about how I want to kind of grow and, and, and caring more about this than, than that. And, and this was a great opportunity to, to do that. You mm. know, it's like shame keeps you from doing that. To me, shame actually keeps you from actually going through that healthy process. Mm-hmm. I mean, it started as a little feeling of shame, but I, I would say it was something else. It was, it was, it was, you know, yes, you felt it, you know, and you were kind of aware of it, but did it itself lead you? It could, I suppose it, it could have, or is that more, um, uh, feel a little ashamed of that. It could have been a part of the process of you identifying. I feel a little ashamed of that. Now I want to apply something that helps me learn from this. Right. You know? Yeah. But it's like I felt the seed or like sprouting of shame. But I, uh, whatever the right metaphor is, I like replanted it into something else. That's what it feels like more to me. That's why I said the uh, conversion, so to speak. Yeah. But shame itself feels like it it thwarts that. Mm -hmm. It doesn't want one to do that. Right. I'd rather you hang your head around, you know, hang your head and walk around the store and tell yourself you're worth it or whatever. You, you know, look at you. You don't, you know, and and you won't Mm -hmm. because you're this and, you know. Well, so uh, I have so many things I want to like push on just because of my own curiosity. Yeah. So going off of that, what then is the purpose of shame? Ooh. And I know it's not yeah. like it's not an obvious thing where there is a purpose. It's right. not. Well, we have compared it to a, a tool a little bit, but it's not like a hammer or something. And but it is we've established something that is very um, human. Right. So. If we were to give it a purpose, what would you think that person purpose is? Or that if you want to personify it, what Gosh. is that guy who's knocking at your door of shame? What is what are they doing? Wow. No, you're you're helping me right now. Because <laughs> I've been thinking about this foggy season I've been in and I've and I've been like, if shame had any kind of purpose in it, it's it is causing me. It's so deplorable of yeah. an emotion. Yeah. It's so powerful of one that I do feel like it's caused me to hit the glass ceiling because there are some things um, that have been very difficult, very foggy, shameful in this past season. I'm identifying some of the undercurrents, you know, in myself, but I haven't been able to, you know, I've been biding time. I haven't been able to bust through the glass, you know, but I'm like, but it's brought me to the glass ceiling, you know, because it's that lethal. It's that intense. And I didn't even realize um, how much shame has been a part of this foggy time. Because at first 
I wouldn't have been so quick to say that. And then, you know, and then I did realize that feeling of like, I'm in, um, not so good by myself right now. I'm seeing that my, you know, mental, um, not kind of mental crash happening, so to speak, from like having a good time around, um, others. And then I just kind of, and, um, was noticing that and noticing, um, just kind of flobbing out a little like binge watching a little, just kind of some obsessive thinking was kind of like going, I'm like not feeling very productive in my alone time, you know, not like got that pep in my step now, you know, have that nice time. And, and it's come a long, long way to get there where like family time was that nice, you know, and truly it's in like a lot of like work on relationships with my siblings and um, with my parents, you know, but it, like I was enjoying and the kids help, like all these beautiful little kids bouncing around, you know, but then noticing how much I had kind of crashed. And then, so those little strains where I've been um, looking at that the teeny bit and going, oh, not doing so good. Like, and then leading up to this, even noticing and starting to name that perfectionism thing. I mentioned this earlier, but mm-hmm. it's got a little bit of a hole. And then now that you asked me that question, shame is any purpose. I'm like, shame has been more a part of this season I've been in than I realized. Um, and it's brought me to the glass ceiling. It's brought me to that point, which I'm like, okay. Okay. Um, I think that there's a, like the, the, you know, I think there's, the spirit is there helping, you know, because shame itself really, I think, just wants you to keep your head down, mm-hmm. you know. But it's strong enough, it's intense enough, it's potent enough that, you know, it can bring you to places of wanting relief, you know, wanting change mm-hmm. for yourself, wanting the spirit's help, wanting how do I get through this glass? I mean, I'm I'm gonna be driving home thinking about these things. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know, yeah. When I leave later today, I'm gonna be going, whoa, you know, I okay. And I am biding my time in a way, waiting for the type of help that um I haven't yet maybe accessed. Like I said, certain tools that haven't worked before, you know, to kind of go, all right, okay, there is like a whole new level um of help in a way and I don't mean that as like um like I mean it like you know when we talked about shiny pennies I mean you know it 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 could be unexpected I'm I'm not saying like I you know I you know need to go look into this resource or that resource or this pamphlet to see you know that's one of the tools that doesn't work so much anymore, actually, you know? Mm-hmm. And so it's waiting for that kind of fresh novel. I mean, not that I would reject a resource in a way, but it has to feel like it's, you know, it's it's fresh. It's like a new level of thinking or, you know, like even, you know, one of the things that's that I'm hit this point, I feel... I'm trying to not feel ashamed talking about these things. <laughs> um, but I think part of it is the aging process. Hitting 43 now, it's like, 
reading. Like I used to read, 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 you know, and I've kind of hit a point where it's like information. I'm like, I need something different than just information or even a good story right now. You know, it's um, not that I don't really enjoy reading and want to continue reading, but I've almost even been waiting for that to come back in a way where there's something that I really want to focus on reading wise. Mm -hmm. Um, That's another thing that was always like a tool for growth and moving forward that kind of hit, you know, but it's, it's good. I mean, now that I'm talking about it out loud, like it's really good because once, you know, we'll have to do another podcast once I bust through the glass ceilings. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) I want to hear all about it. Yeah. Because when I find what, you know, kind of helps that leap happen and then am able to, with you know, in retrospect, kind of share the story a little bit of coming out of this season, that'll be, it'll be fun. It'll be neat. Um, yeah. Um. So, yeah. So I didn't even realize how much there was. When I mentioned my foggy season at the start of this, I didn't realize how much there is shame connected to it. Mm. The pressure to grow. You said that. You named that. And I was like, whoa. And then feeling like I've hit this thing and I don't feel like I'm kind of growing like I used to or something, you know. And then and then that undercurrent of me realizing, well, why are you trying to grow? So this is maybe you're hitting this glass ceiling because you've been on the hamster wheel of perfectionism. Maybe it's time for that to just, you know. You're ready to bust past that, you know, mm-hmm. growth-wise, which is a purpose of shame. You know, is a purpose. I'm like, I have felt like a, a pretty big, like I've just flobbed out. I don't know how else to put it lately. And that, that, that feels inherently shameful or, you know, and some things have happened in this season that I haven't mentioned because they're not to be mentioned right now, but some interactions with people and some things that have gone down and some ways I've responded and I'm looking at myself going you know when are you going to learn like if you had handled this or the feeling of that I'm still haven't cracked some code on like human relating to like prevent certain things and then but then you're like looking at it going well that in and of itself you cannot control other human beings so you never know what's going to come out of that I'm looking and I'm going you didn't bring that out of that person they you know you you didn't do anything to yeah you know but feeling some kind of responsibility over that you know it is is a shameful type of even thought vibration because no that's them (laughs) that's Mm -hmm. not me you know but then um looking at ways that i'm like you could have handled that so much more maturely or this or that you know there's been some things in this season when i say it's been a foggy season (laughs) like there have been some interactions and some things that have transpired and you know, difficult things, difficult things that, you know, I, I think I I did identify I was in about um, six to eight weeks of kind of like a shock hmm. from some of the things. And then finally was like, okay, all right, that was a lot. <laughs> some, ver- some various interactions and things, you know, mm. but um, that's all been a part of this season for me. Um. And so where was I going with that? I was just going to the place of, um, you know, there, there is, 
a purpose. I mean, there, there, it can be very much be a purpose of, you know, it's powerful enough, you know, to, to get away from the good and the bad there for a moment, just be like, it's powerful enough yeah. to bring you to wanting a change or, wanting, mm. you know, wanting to learn something new, mm. wanting um, to experience a new grace given to you, something new, you know. And, um, yeah. That, yeah, that resonated with me, the power. Yeah. I think you, I think you hit it, honestly. Yeah. It's the, if we were to assign any purpose to it, yeah, it has the power to bring you to change. Yeah. Not good, not bad, just change. Right. That, that makes sense for me. And that's been my relationship with it. Um, a little earlier, you mentioned that you were um, one context you've been uh, confronted by shame with was age. And that yeah. made me uh, think of all of the sort of superficial ways in which shame is such a part of our society um and it's yeah i mean it's not one age it's every age it's like oh you're too old for this or you're too young for this or you're you know you're this age so you should have reached this milestone or these milestones um or by this age you will have reached these milestones and it doesn't stop there it's um it's cosmetic you know with all the trends that like go in and out you're not this enough you're not that enough right um and that's how everything is at least in our culture is marketed Mm -hmm. too um all of the uh you know from clothes to makeup to food even like a thing that Mm -hmm. people have an inherent need for Mm -hmm. um it's just so um indicative of well there's a bit of like classism i think involved in it but ultimately i think the link there which you mentioned was um tied to you know someone's like Mm self-worth and so it was interesting hearing you speak about age Mm -hmm. and worth together um and I was wondering if you could tell me a little bit more about mm-hmm. um, shame and worth oh, yeah, together. You're, you're putting your finger on it again. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's okay that when you ask me these questions, like it's a very, it becomes like a very personal, like I'm kind of processing this season. What that that works for the podcast? Is that okay? It works for me. To okay. be honest, this podcast was created so that yeah. I could have meaningful conversations with people. Awesome. So if anybody gets joy out of listening Good. to them, I love that. Yeah. And I'm so here for it. I just can't assume the the posture of some like expert on the topic that wants to be like well, in my analysis. Yeah, it, in I've all the scientific the- studies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is like the only purpose of this is for me to have a meaningful conversation with okay, you. Awesome. And if other people enjoy it along the way, then awesome. that's beautiful. <laughs> okay, good. I was just having a moment where I was realizing in the past couple questions that you've asked me, like I'm just going straight to a processing this. But I'm like, I felt inherently there is 
some, you know, something that is good in there to um, just understand the topic. Yeah. More. Yeah, absolutely. And, yeah. And that it's even in that exploration and in my own finding like, oh, or oh, that, that it is helping, you know, the conversation along with unpacking aspects of shame or yeah so um you asking that question it was almost like really driving it home for me Mm -hmm. right now because at my age i'm not married and i don't have any children and um i have certain like i chose this creative path so i left more the career path I was a public school teacher in the Atlanta area right out of college for some years and left that path hearing, you know, the voice of God in my life telling me to pursue the creative. I started going down that path. Um, There's still aspects of like my creative, you know, dreams and ambitions and things that are unfolding, but aren't yet. I mean, in any real tangible way, like really realized yet. Yeah. You know, that's still very much in process at the age of 43, like waiting. Like I'm presently waiting to get an email like that will say this has been decided or, you know, there's just a waiting, (laughs) you know, and then we'll come going into some production and then more waiting and then i mean i do pray at times i'm like can things expedite but i (laughs) i think that um i need to even there's things i'm ready to just start looking at to be like how quickly you know it's time to embrace like if you if you're it's time to you know even let go of um the Oh, how to put it into words, but um, this process has been so long. There is accumulate, there is a, just to get back to the verbiage of our podcast, like some accumulated shame of, um, like, I don't know if you relate to, I know I got to fill that blank in, but I don't know if you relate to, at times, like the feeling of your identity feels secure because, and even in my journaling over the years, I'd be like, okay. You know, you find identity and what you're connected to. I'm working here. Bop, bop, bop. I like this. This is a pretty cool situation. Da, da, da. Uh, you know, I just had that hangout with those three friends. Yeah, I'm digging that we have that, you know, kind of connection. We do that thing. And that's the cool kind of identity part of my life. Or I'm over here connected with these, you know, have this kind of going on creatively. Okay. And it all gives you those senses, uh, that sense of an identity, which takes away the feeling of shame. <laughs> Right. Right. And just yeah. your existence and your, you know, and it is kind of tying back into you. You mentioned, you know, social expectations or social standing or your aging process or societal, you know, milestones by this age, this, this, this. And America, we're like the land of that, aren't we? I mean, we're truly the land of that. And, um, and so I think I am just kind of, hitting this point where, and I feel like it's starting, I'm starting to get somewhat on the other side of that, where I'm like, you know, if you've like already kind of hit certain milestone points and you still can't, 
you know, and like some of the things I just mentioned, finding some identity and have come and gone years ago. Mm-hmm. And there's been different renditions of that. Several. Sure, sure. You know, and then, you know, but you've hit all the mi- and you're like, well, I've already passed the milestones and when that's supposed to happen. Yeah. When that's supposed to happen. And it still hasn't. And I'm like, you know, I'm kind of over on this other path. And there is like kind of an accumulated, you know, shame to it. I mean, I even felt it from like, and I tried to explain this to my brother from some nieces and nephews that like are very perplexed that auntie is not married. And like, yeah. And they asked me and my brother's like, but they're innocent and they're kids. And they just are curious about the world. I said, don't worry. I'm not projecting anything onto these kids. I'm not <laughs> like, I'm not doing that. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not, I'm okay enough in myself to not be doing that. Right. Yeah. But I was like, there's a little bit of shame there too. Like they, their norm is something socially totally different and it feels weird to them a little bit. And I feel, I don't know, maybe it is my own shame and kids have none, but I feel a touch of it from them where they're kind of like, like when you, somebody gets up to sing on the stage and they start out and they hit flat notes, but they think they're amazing. That touch of shame that you can get. Yeah. Like, yeah. The secondhand you, shame. Where you, and, and, it, and that goes very like that sometimes even goes deeper yeah oh yeah that hits because you don't expect it to right and that and i don't know if you've had this experience but when you feel it and it's obvious that they don't it just like even like exponentially grows in me (laughs) (laughs) i know what you're talking about well that's the form i even gave because they think they're like amazing you're just kind of because you know that you're not the only one and it's like the jokes on them and that's like so painful mm. for it's so painful for for that but but really if they're close then that's great right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. for them but you feel it cuz you're like it's weird cuz you're almost like somebody has to feel it yeah well but, and it's even like they don't feel it but then why do i feel it and I think that's what gets me because they're obviously having more fun in the moment <laughs> than I am, like, yeah. harboring all this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it's it's like, I think the only th- reason I think you feel it or when I feel it, I feel it is because you're like, I cannot be the only one. And yeah. so it feels like such a painful thing that many are possibly thinking this. About this person. Oh, right. Moment. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and like, just, yeah, to know that the, all of that negativity is then, around. Oh, yeah. And then I just realized why it's so exponential or can, to me, it feels that way at times. Like, and you had a good point where you're like, it hits you out of nowhere. So it's like, but it's because you're like, you think somewhere inside, when has that been me? Right. And then, oh, it's, yeah. The joke's on you and you're like, oh, what a terrible thing right shameful thing right yeah Yeah. like reacting out of fear and empathy or empathetic fear Uh wow yeah because you're like that's a part of the human experience you could be totally not aware of some moment that and we all kind of live with that like reality yeah this social experiment we're all in right yeah oh (laughs) yeah absolutely But back to the kiddos, I was telling my brother, no, I feel a little bit of, I feel like it's that type of shame that there may be like, why aren't you, you know, like, like, 
what's wrong with you? Or the, the kids feel a little bit of that. Like, yeah, they know that they've, they have enough of an example or a precedent enough has been set in their minds that they see something different in you than in the rest of your family members in that way. And so they're curious about it. And it sounds like maybe not – maybe assumed is too strong of a word, but they had – they were worried maybe that something was wrong. Yeah, because I'm not trying to say when my brother said, no, they're not – they don't – they're not – because I think I might have – I might have actually even mentioned – the word shame, I don't know that I did. We're talking about it so much now. I'm like, oh. But I was telling my brother, I feel something in them that does look, that is kind of looking down on it a little bit. And that's mm-hmm. when he goes, no, no, no. They're just kids. They're just curious. And I said, oh, I know. I know full and well that they're just kids and they're just curious. And I'm not offended by it because they're just kids and they're just curious. Yeah. And yeah. they're exploring all these things. But I was like, I've lived in my shoes i've walked this path enough i can feel a teeny bit of it yeah i can feel a teeny bit of their like you know like what is wrong or is there something wrong yeah like judgment budding perhaps yeah just a teeny just a teeny bit mostly out of maybe just their curiosity but a teeny bit of something is what is that like I felt it particularly out of this one nephew of mine pretty strong, like, because he literally was like, you're coming with us, like, to mm-hmm. a whole, like, a family thing, you know? Yeah. Because I don't come with the spouse and all the kiddos for him to be playing with all his cousins. Right. To the thing. And it just had that touch of, like, why, you know, it wasn't like, oh, you're, co- you know, you aren't going to come. It was the opposite of it. it yeah. Was, it was you're, like-, like, questioning, like, why. I mean, this is coming from a nine, a 10 year old, you know. Right, right. And I told, I was telling my brother that I felt a touch of it mm-hmm. there. But anyway, so I'm just trying to say, but there's, I've like gone, hit all the milestone points to, to a degree where you just, you've like exhausted them all and you're kind of like out on the other side of it where you're just like, I don't know. It's just interesting. You're just, you just hit a different place. I, and there, there's an accumulated shame to it, but there's also just like a, um, I don't do those exercises. Let's just put it this way. I don't do those identity seeking exercises anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Where I'm like, oh, well, you know, I got these things going on. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I'm connected here and da, da, da. But I'm very, very aware, and this is, I'm about to probably have my most, I feel like I'm about to have my most vulnerable moment on this podcast, but podcast, because I'm like, that my lack of confidence sometimes is excruciating. Mm. I am like, at moments, very, very aware of like, ugh, I probably, I feel like an insecurity right now that is just, ugh, you know? About just, you know, it's, you know, crippling. Not that it would keep me from having a normal conversation and making it in and out of a situation. Okay. But somewhere inside that place inside is just like, ugh. Like there, I've, how, 
And and do you see what the glass ceiling is and why it's a good thing is because there is nothing. I've come to the point where there's like I, I even felt like God asked me the other day, like, do you want to start experiencing like certain successes or dreams fulfilled without pressing through this when you do not have those things? Do you see what I'm saying? Right. And my answer was no. Like I'd rather wrestle it through and press the glass ceiling and find my worth in my relationship with my maker and looking at my own self in the mirror and being like, okay, you know, you're aging, you know, this has occurred to your face at this point to touch on some of those things cosmetically, mm-hmm. you know, and this is not like it used to be anymore or something at 43. That's a real thing. The bags under my eyes and things, you know, I'm like, ah, you know, and, um, some weight I've gained that is like super hard to shake at this point. It's been, I mean, I, I thought that today I was, I was just like, are you, you have to so get in a mindset now you know, to like, um, reverse some of the stuff, you know, the way, and it's the middle of the holiday. So like I had those Guinness last night I told you about, mm-hmm. like with my dad. And then I learned, oh, that's right. Beer doesn't do you so well at night, you know, but it sure, but you know, the beer belly thing, because <laughs> anyways, Sarah, I'm just going there. But it's like, so I'm in the middle of, of holiday where if it wasn't the beer, you know, we had other beverages. And, yeah. And desserts oh, yeah. and things. Oh, I'm sure. All the good food. All the good things. Which you can't skip out on <laughs> on the holidays. No, you cannot. But when you're in flop zone and you don't even feel like you're handling the like keep it all somewhat balanced you're like i really could come out on the other side of this holiday like with my pants not fitting anymore yeah (laughs) (laughs) so i'm like in the middle like age not like the super middle age but the crossed over the 40 line where those things are definitely like real (laughs) like Mm kind of like happening in some ways with like the the nephew like you're coming with because I'm unmarried at this point, or me even contemplating how beer's affecting my sleep or making me feel like my uh, beer belly is forming or, you know, yeah, like, you know, seeing the changes, you know, in myself, um, recognizing I've hit all these milestones and things haven't yet occurred, whatever. But it, then it just, like I said, it, it, that question came to me where, you know, if, certain dreams were realized or you know this kids project and the production company and the you go into product and this and this happens and your wildest dreams were like fulfilled some you know and you did find a really satisfying relationship kind of come along and even marriage could still be realized and you know things that like would what would they do take me back to that identity exercise well i'm married to so-and-so so now i misses this yeah right. and look at my finger i've got this to show you Mm-hmm. And, you know, and so now I go, can go on social outings with other couples and I feel like got that kind of going. And now, you know, when I go over here, they immediately I've got more sociological strength from being connected with so and so and what they've who they are, you know, and then I have I can say, oh, yeah, this past year we this and this on the this and this. And now I'm doing this and this. <laughs> I mean, it's all like good life stuff. Yeah. Like it's all stuff that's like, wow, I hope that happens for all of us. 
<laughs> I mean, and it's happened to a, a lot of people around me while it hasn't happened for me mm-hmm. along the years. And so um, I'm glad you asked that question, although I feel like now that insecurity that I feel at times and how it just feels crippling at times. And I, I, I'm like, you need confidence, like down in your spirit, past everything, past everything. And, you know, and I am coming from, I think, a deficit of that from my, from my upbringing. Not that there wasn't a lot of, you know, love sewn in, but we're all on a spectrum there, right, of how much, you know, we kind of survived childhood, like, you know, feeling, you know, like our love tanks and, and you know, and you can, you, you're aware of that, you know, but um, I'm just at that point where I'm hitting the glass ceiling of going, there's got to, something will have to give that gives me a source of that love and that confidence, just, just being the one human being I am, what, you know, on the time frame I'm on. And yes, that's, it's different than a lot of other people's time frames, and I've lived through that, and I've hit those milestone points, and I've seen others hit theirs, and I've assessed. It seems to be happening to all of them at this point, but not to me. And now, you know, and then further on down the road, and further on down. The road. But I think part of that has even been because part of me wanted to go to that deeper place and even get to this glass ceiling. So, my God, you're like. The question like took me there because I, I was talking to this one friend of mine. She's um, she's my same age. She might be just a year younger, forty two, but she just got married last year, and you know, just a great happening in her life. You know, where she's just been doing the loan years and doing them well. Had her various goals and this and that, but then this great relationship came into her life. But then she said it was strange because then she said she hit like a grieving over it not happening to that point instead of like she she found mm-hmm. herself hindered by instead of being able to celebrate it happening oh that's really interesting it was interesting and i looked right at her and i didn't even know where this came from i'm not gonna say her, her name on here but i looked at her and i said but that's what you wanted yeah which is the opposite of what she was revealing right but i i saw it i was like that is what you you in a way chose i said that's actually that's what i said to her i said but that is what you chose and she her whole face kind of went like a little contorted, hmm. you know, and then I, I don't know if she got it at all, but I think I backtracked a little bit and tried to explain, I think in some ways our spirits going to how you were saying our subconscious, like there's a strange choosing element in some things we, um, like, I think I've been wanting to, to get to this glass ceiling. Mm-hmm. I've been wanting to have to face, you know, the insecurity that maybe uh, you know the potent emotion of shame and the accumulation of it on in the social sense that you you brought it to that point i mean we've gone all the way from the deep internal you know to yes how very you know socially motivated we are and um and i think there was a part of me that wanted to kind of get to this point and and get to the other side of it and get to places where my worth is not found in anything that's temporal or anything that's, you know, just kind of man's, you know, milestones and 
and those social, you know, wouldn't it be great to just walk into any kind of setting and feel like a, a total inner okayness with yourself? Yeah. That'd be great. And just with others, no matter who's in the room or not, like how, how, um, whatever, whatever you deem, because we all have our different, wow, those people really achieved something or those are voices I think are really amazing or, you know, what they've accomplished is, and just know you're, you know, just as loved. You're on your path. Whatever your thing is that you're achieving. And that's a new little rabbit trail, but it's like to feel each given day that, you know, you're, you know, you, accomplished for the day what what you could well and to not feel that might be another way that shame can be a good thing to mm-hmm. not feel that you um squandered like what your interaction what your existence could have you know brought to the moment or to the day mm-hmm. which is like a form of compounded shame, like mm. for ever being less than who you really are. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. It's like, so bringing, and that's another thing that goes back into my little, my forest creature friends and some of the philosophy that I'm trying to, and I don't even want to say philosophy. It's just like good beliefs, you know, good like way of thinking and relating. And, um, but it, you know, the forest creatures also learn to, be their best and do their best, you know, because that compounds into greater, 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 you know, the opposite of shame, like a lack thereof, like, you know, do, do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Thank you so much for speaking on that and yeah. sharing about that because I, in my experience, I think, uh, it does have like that connection between shame and worth is yeah. very strong, if not um, almost impermeable. Yeah. Um, and it's it can be so hard and so taxing trying to exist without feeling like you're behind in some way when all of these pressures from various places are sort of displayed and you can like window shop among them they're just everywhere for you to see right um which can be beautiful but it can also be pretty heavy if you don't you know if you can't necessarily participate in any of those things right at the same time as they're being presented to you um so yes all of all of that made all of that hit home for Mm -hmm. me and i deeply felt it wow (laughs) absolutely yeah um there there is one sort of last area that you touched on yeah um but i'd like to 
philosophize with you a little bit more yeah uh, if you'd like yeah and it was the area of um it was the concept of innocence mm-hmm. and i was really uh my ears perked up when you said it because yeah. i actually have that written <laughs> down mm-hmm. on my little brainstorm here wow and it's just been really interesting hearing you tell the story about uh, your nieces and nephews and all mm-hmm. them and sort of the other stories that you've given us and also the things that I've experienced in thinking about just weighing all of those different things. Um, and the concept – so the concept of innocence for me has always been really interesting because Mm -hmm. I feel like it's so vague Mm -hmm. in so many ways Mm -hmm. um and I also feel like it's a deeply personal thing and very much a thing where every person is on their own sort of path Mm -hmm. and so one point of I guess it's a point of innocence, or I guess this is what I'm wondering, is one, it's a two-part question. So mm-hmm. one, what makes a person come, like, of age, or is that, quote-unquote, of age, is that innocence? And two, part two, is that coming of age in quotes or the innocence um leaving or being released or replaced is that because of shame okay to be honest for you with you this is the first time in the podcast i'm really trying to wrap my head around your question so is the let me try to say it back to you yeah yeah when a person is coming of age or that expression we use. Right. Is that, you said, a, a loss of innocence? I'm, yeah. Yeah. Is that a, or is it the introduction of shame? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Gosh, that's a good question. But I feel like actually shame introduces itself much sooner. Actually, I, th- I think when we use that expression coming of age, I think it's typically related to things you might have been more sheltered from. Okay. You know, and then you're kind of like coming of age. It's like you're in high school and you, whatever, you, you've you heard certain words and then you use certain words or you, you know what I'm saying? You just have your first kind of um, conversations or, you know, are exposed to something that you're like, whoa, like, you know, it's just, a bit much, right? Yeah, I mean, it, yeah. Like at least to you at that point, because you're coming of age, and then but then you you kind of adopt whatever attitude you do about things, and you process it however you do, and you, you just kind of yeah. In a sense, you lose some innocence of having been a kid and being somewhat sheltered from those types of things. But but even that you know is slowly occurring over the years too. You know, when you think about even back to elementary school or what have you, but um, your younger years, but yeah, it's so like a little bit of a loss of innocence and a, a coming of age is that's how we use that expression. I I think mm-hmm. that's kind of the general understanding of of that. Whereas, I I 
I like you actually combining the two and saying, you know, because I almost think in that, you know, like subverse of the multiverse or whatever we were touching on, it's like, spiritually speaking, and I don't know if I used all that language right, but it's fun to play around with. Oh, yeah. I love it. <laughs> okay. You can drop it anytime. <laughs> okay. Because I'm like, is there a subverse? It might as well be. Might as well. <laughs> the subverse. Yeah. And it might be like well used out there in some realm, but I'm just, I don't know. I'm like trying it. It's the subverse of the multiverse. <laughs> it's like that That makes me imagine like your universe is going fine and then there's like this one version of it that keeps going, but then you pop out for a second and then you do your little side quest thing and then you pop back into that same one. And so that that subverse only exists for that like one stretch of time. <laughs> 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 that's a fun way to visualize that yeah yeah for sure and only you and the people in it know about it <laughs> <laughs> yeah so i'm thinking about it like almost in um like this the spirit a spiritual context like things happening in the spiritual realm yeah like when i liken when we were meeting in the green chairs and somewhere in a subverse oh yeah we were right on time mm-hmm. does that make sense yeah 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 Yeah. so that that, that spiritually because we were all present for something actually, and again, it feels like a really big word to use, but something that was monumental that was going to happen in just a very simple way or asking you to share and, and the things you had picked up from listening to Jay and I talk in that moment in time. you know. But spiritually, it is interesting to think of like the introduction of shame in somebody's life being like a subverse moment. Mm-hmm. And there was an innocence before that, like spirit, not so much in the way we speak of losing your innocence or coming of age, but yeah, like in a, in a spiritual way. I mean, like it makes me think of another one of my little nephews that he's much, much younger, but loves to absolutely loves to run around naked. And it's great, you know, because I, and he's three rounding the corner to four. And I have thought their kids do that a little bit old. Sure. A little bit longer than other kids, but it's it's kind of precious, you know, because you've heard the expression where somebody is an innocent. They've Mm -hmm. kind of got. I've thought of their mother in that way. Mm -hmm. Have you heard that? I have. I've only heard it like a few times, and honestly, it's been relatively recent. So I do not really have an understanding of it. I just can like. Yeah. yeah, and I just have a little one, and I don't even know how thorough it is yeah. or fact-checked it is, but I've gotten right. a sense of what that means to be – because I've met I, – I was like, yeah, well, I feel like one of my sister-in-laws kind of has a touch of that, and then this one friend I had, where they they remain kind of a like a hear no evil, see no evil, do no evil, like kind of – but it's it, – you know, it it, it isn't, um, you know – it's not that it, it's just something that is in their wiring. It's not something, you know, hmm. it's it's kind of mysterious. Mm-hmm. Um, but so then it made sense to me that their kids stay naked longer. Yeah. Yeah. No, that, that, that makes sense. sense. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> they like to run around naked. Longer. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but then we were at um, this Thanksgiving gathering and somebody was snapping a photo, snapping photos and they caught a picture of him in his naked form, like pressed up against the window, like looking out the window as they were taking a picture of a couple of the older kids on the porch. Mm-hmm. 
And then they they went over to show his mother because they were getting the biggest kick Mm -hmm. out of how on the front porch of the place you had these kids kind of smiling for the photo, but then you could see this little glimmer Mm -hmm. of my little nephew pressed up against the window looking out with his little naked form. Mm -hmm. And she was laughing and she was going, look. And and then mom started laughing too, like, and he caught wind of it Mm. and ran with a look on his face like, how could you laugh at me like that? You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. And they knew what they were laughing about. Right. That he was running around naked. And um and that he got he was in the fo- I mean he's 3 years old but still You see what I'm saying? Yeah, he was old enough and smart, not even old enough but he was aware enough yeah. to make the connection. Yeah. Of I am the odd one out here. And, and it, yeah. this laughter seems to be at my expense. And it's at his expense and it has to do with something that to him was totally innocent. But it almost makes me wonder if he'll ever feel the freedom to just like run around naked again. You mm-hmm. see what I'm saying? Yeah. It, and it, it almost is like a... I was trying to say that there's like a subverse moment because... I don't know. It feels like any other day he might not have connected those dots. They're laughing Mm -hmm. about this Mm -hmm. connected to me, Mm -hmm. connected to my being free, you know? Yeah. Like any other day he'd been oblivious. It almost feels like shame is a, a moment that occurs in our lives at some point. That's an introduction. So to speak. Yeah. You know that, um, it's like a subverse moment. It's boom. It occurs. Right. And then you're never the same again. Yeah. It's not necessarily that coming of age. And I don't know if that happened for my nephew or not. Or I don't really. I was just trying to give a example of a real life happening that could have then been a subverse moment for him where the notion of shame was like introduced into his world. Yeah. And he felt it. Yeah. And yeah. I, it makes me like want to go give him a big hug right now and be like, like take back that subverse moment or something. But that can't happen, right? Right. So, I mean, of course, I could foster his, you know, the all the things that make him lovable and awesome and wonderful, you know, but if he's been introduced and, and alleviate shame's like, um, influence or negative you know do you see what i'm saying oh yeah but like he's potentially had that moment potentially not but i'm just saying it could happen in a totally more obscure way Mm -hmm. where where maybe you know it doesn't even happen in a moment in time or something but it could be several like the weight of several small moments yeah but like once it's hit home or once the feelings occurred you know, and and toddlers, I've I've spent a decent amount of time with two year olds. You'd be amazed. You'd be amazed at how emotionally developed they actually are, mm-hmm. um, and how very very aware of if if they if they're feeling a lack of acceptance, how very very aware of it they actually are. You know, even even younger, I've just heard toddlers kind of express it actually heard them you know two-year-olds like 
So that could be the case of seeing it's present. Sadly, it's present. But that's a case of maybe multiple occurrences of it. And then it's just, it, it's made a mark. Mm-hmm. It's made a bit of a mark mm-hmm. in, a, in a life. Yeah. It's there. And like you mentioned before, um, it is the the powerful uh, connector to change. Mm-hmm. So that makes perfect sense. Um, you tying those things to together. Um, what do you think a life without the influence of shame would look like? If it mm-hmm. either if it was never learned or introduced or um if you've done the work and sort of yeah conquered it well i guess i'll just kind of go with more of a with the realism of Mm -hmm. i don't think it can in this world never be introduced or or felt i think Mm -hmm. it's here Mm -hmm. um i like how you're driving us towards you know it it brings about it's a, a powerful powerful change agent you know it, it you it can really steer you towards wow like i want to i want to move through this i want to what would a life look like without it if you've done the work you said um um wow that's a that's a beautiful question um the first thing i thought of well and i'm trying to like make some sense of it because i'm like i think you'd always i think there'd be a um okay and if we're going we're going for the absolute well okay and so i have to be a realist again and say i don't i'd like to i'd like to be able to say and i still do exist with these some of these thoughts that say it's possible in this world to like so achieve to this state or that you know but um like a completely shameless state so to speak because you've done the but i'm like uh i back up from that thinking myself to say um i think you have to first totally embrace like the absolute process that this world is because if you get hung up too much on thinking you can get to some state see that's where i've not seen myself as a perfectionist because i'm like i'm i've allowed myself to be like learn from stuff and grow from stuff because we've all we always are and we always always you know but like i was saying earlier there's other places where that i have to let that out and go but um but i also hold out some caveat for like you can get to certain points sure you can hit certain you know places don't be shocked if you hit something that feels like it's not that place again you know and then you have to um you know kind of relook at what kind of achieved state or place you know but yeah, I think, you know, I like to hold some place for arriving in this life, so, so to speak, you know, but mm-hmm. um, come, uh, you've so done the work that maybe you're not going to be vulnerable to shame anymore at all, like at all, at all, at all. 
I don't know. I don't know that that's like um, something to holding that little place to say, well, you know, yeah, keep growing, growing, growing. Like it's, po- it's possible. I'd like to say, but okay. Having said that and danced on a couple sides of that, mm-hmm. I'll come back to like you, um, you've done a good amount of work and you are like living pretty like shame free, you know, without the influence of, of shame in your, in your life. I think like you would be much, much, much more, um, freed up to, um, I really think to love others like you'd be um, because there would be like that healthy amount of of self-worth like a, a self-love, you know, a self-worth that the glass ceiling I'm trying to bust through that is not related to my achievements, my milestones, my social state. The thing that I was almost saying I chose just like I was I startled my friend for a moment like you actually chose to be single up to this point mm-hmm. like the part of me that maybe even chose to let all those milestones and even feel the shame of that to get to this other point because i wanted to go to this place of like feeling some of the shame of you know these things from others from myself and and get and hear that question like do you want to face this before some of those things happen in your life yes i do you know um so that you know wrestling what i'm trying to say is i i think that that state of getting there is a real you know wrestling that 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 kind of takes your um your um eyesight off of the people. That's what I'm saying. I'm like, I'm kind of going. And some of the ways you've all, always, pro, you know, and I'm kind of like, that's a deeper, you know, and I'm kind of, all right, I'm wrestling with my own spirit more deeply. But I also recognize it can't be just me and the tools I've used for this one. It's, it has to be greater. Like there's a greater sense of kind of wrestling with the unseen, you know, and with, as I've said, my maker, you know, okay, hashing this one out, you know, um, to get to that place. But my first immediate thought is like, it would feel like a really great place of then, um, finding yourself in kind of a, a state of just so much easier to love others, to love like, you know, your fellow human beings, like, uh, in any given situation, however, whatever state they're in, whatever's coming out, whatever way they let you down or, you know, you, you, and then you'd probably even start letting yourself off the hook more and more for the ways you let them down. Not that you wouldn't want to correct wrongs or Say you're sorry or, oh, let open the door for the guy, you know, but you'd also just feel an increased feeling of like, no, it's okay if I, I miss that moment. I, I'm staying in this place, you know, I'm knowing how to um, get to this place or what it takes. And that's the thing I'm like, I mean, I've 
I've even told God, like, I don't know how to relate right now. The breakup thing. Do maybe need a break breakup until I learn some new ways that actually work mm-hmm. better. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like it, it may not be a bad thing, right? To take some space and then <laughs> we'll, re- you know, um, but it, it seems like it'd, it'd be just a, a, a really great place. Like I'm going there for a minute and I'm like imagining, um, a lack of that self-consciousness of shame, like a overly self-conscious, like a lack of that, mm-hmm. you know, where you're just like, like more outward. And I, and that's why I, I likened your pennies to that because your pennies, you, you mentioned it would be a mood or some frustrations or a, you'd notice some thoughts that were, you know, getting obsessive or something, you know, the pennies were instantly like an outward. It got you less focused on that and just a, it turned you outward mm-hmm. to like be like, oh, and like took you there to that frequency, you know? Um, so yeah, that's how I imagine it. And it, it sounds really good, doesn't it? It's like, it sounds great. <laughs> yeah. It, it's something that you've given me some, um, some like fresh motivation to be like, okay. All right. Um, wow. Um, I'd love to live there. I'd love to bust through that glass and live there more. I'd love mm. to live there more. I'd love to find those new ways. I can't say I have that right now. That's why I'm like, maybe I'll have a podcast later about, about some of that. Um, but um, I'd love that. And I feel some motivation. I think. I, um, yeah, I have, there's, I, I feel an increase of hope right now, just about like the season I've been in and having a waiting, you know, for the change that's going to come to even bring me to more of, of that place, you know, mm. where, um, Yeah. Well, I feel the the hope for you Aww. right back at you. Thank you. And I hope that if you can't necessarily live there right now, yeah. um, I hope you can uh, at least visit. Awesome. You yeah. did bring uh, a oh, special I surprise. Did. I did. Would you like to surprise everyone with your surprise? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, say, I have i have visited there today oh good yeah i have and um i just like those pennies i'm sorry i, I love your penny thing um because I, I i tried to express this once to my sister-in-law where i was like if you can at least visit like you said visit once visit twice visit three times you start to catch like a new vibration yeah and the longer you can hold it out the more that it pieces together to become like something you're living in more, right? Yeah. So you just reminded yeah. me of that. Mm. But I brought my ukulele. And um, I'm going to play a little tune that um, when Sarah said it was going to be about shame, I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Better bring the uke. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I I brought the uke 
to um it's a song I wrote about stepping into the light because the first thing I thought about was um how our conversation had been a moment to bring something into the light and it it was a visitation so to speak that you know then Sarah started down you know a path um and how I was like oh I feel like I'm in a place where I need that so this isn't the best time for me to be talking about that. Well, maybe it was, you know, but I, (laughs) I brought the youth to just be like, there'll be at least the happy moment, you know, because songs and songwriting and music for me have been my pennies along the way Mm, to like help process difficult things or, and this one, there was definitely, you'll hear it in the lyrics, a processing of shame. Mm -hmm. So this is actually a piece that it's like, okay, this one's a prepared Peace to, you know, it was written from a, a very subconscious place, as most of my songs are. I don't really spend too much time going, well, let me write about this. Mm-hmm. Um, but upon reflection, I was like, that song is really, you know, getting at shame and, yeah. and, and trying to um, just even encourage the listener um, to take that leap. Mm-hmm. And to let the light in and, you know, to like our, in our whole meeting where you, it was kind of like, you were like, okay, what do I have to lose to kind of share in this moment? And, um, so it's called step into the light. Beautiful. Yeah. Let her go. Don't be afraid. There's nothing new. Nothing hiding in the shade It's not what's on the outside Doesn't matter what you've done So go on Kiss the sun Lay bare all the contents Lay down your foolish pride Became his bride. 
that's a good thing. so good thank you so much for sharing that with us that was absolutely beautiful and so special too and wow it's so powerful that you like you weren't consciously writing about shame but it was so that's what it was about it was so in there right and it's all the things that we talked about today as well so thank you so much for sharing that. I was kind of surprised, too, when I was playing it. I was like, wait, I didn't even remember. I actually had the word shame in there. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I wrote yeah. it years ago. Right. Yeah, so I was like, oh, like, that was on point for the podcast talk. <laughs> yeah, it was. <laughs> <laughs> just playing, just playing. But yeah, I was surprised. I was like, we did talk about a lot of these things. We talked about a lot. What real, A lot of things really struck me in that struck a chord with me yeah well but um the one line was uh the i forget the first part of it but it it ends with um you can't hide yeah and that's a good thing right yeah that's so powerful thank you so much for sharing that and also for sharing your time with me and also yourself with me i really appreciate it thank you so much for having me um I just, I guess I want to say one last thing on the podcast. Yeah, please. I'm going to get hit a little bit with some shame. Uh, I, 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 and you've probably heard that said the sharer's shame. Have mm. you heard, have you heard that expression? No, please tell oh, me. Okay. So I've heard that sometimes when you open up and you get vulnerable, you got to be careful afterwards and mm. be extra like good to yourself because you can get hit with a little bit of like, ah, you know, some shame over the things you share, you know, that vulnerable, you know. So I guess I'm just going to say to whoever's going to listen to this out, out there of the 20 followers or if there's anybody else. <laughs> We've got a pretty solid group of 20. <laughs> if they made it to this point, I'm very – well, first off, I'm very proud of you. Good job, guys. Yeah. You guys don't get enough recognition. Go get oh. yourselves a snack. Oh, that's, it's huge. We're all questing together. And yeah. It's kind of tiring but hopefully rewarding. Exactly. 
And so, yeah, because I felt that at certain points and I was like, oh, weary. OK, keep going. Um, so certainly the listening process could feel that way at times and to go into some of these places. So um proud of you all. See, I'm like turning outward right now. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, I'm going to feel embarrassed about mentioning this or this or this. Or that. Yeah. OK, any stuff like that, I just want to make a public announcement almost to you all and to Miss Sarah and to myself. That if I start doing that to myself after this, I'm going to just, I'm going to um, um, look for a penny. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> and that metaphor is not necessarily like going on the penny hunt, like, you know, because the pennies appeared. But look for that appearance of an opportunity to go, you just shared human things is all you did. And your human things might be a little bit different than others. And others may not fully understand some of your human. Others may be so happy you shared some of those human things. And that's a part of the quest. Mm -hmm. And that's a part of get growing some resilience, you know, and, and like growing in your, your worth is not on who gets you or who doesn't. Or even if some people turn their nose up at things, you that's not, you know, or it's like, you know, you did it for for you and for Sarah and and for those that like it'll mean something to and that is good but it goes it goes even deeper than that like my existence is valid just being what it is and it's worth something you know and my I can look into a like a a different mirror which i'm trying to get to you know that says um you know that i'm loved like right where i'm at and, and who i am and or whatever my thoughts may be or whatever my experience may be right so i just wanted to publicly say that yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah absolutely yeah. well you don't have to turn too far um for for people to start showing you some love, I think. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Where can other people who may not have your uh, contacts directly on hand? Where can other people listening uh, go on social media or what projects you oh. have to to help showing you that love? Oh, if you want to plug anything. Sure, thanks, Sarah. Um, I'm not super, super active on social media, but I have a Instagram page out there. It's Tova Sings for Joy. And um, can confirm. <laughs> <laughs> it was very joyful. I saw the joy coming out. Oh, good. And maybe in time I'll, I'll be getting some more music out there and, and what have you. But it's um, this has been awesome. This has been a great start to 23. Wow. <laughs> Somehow going, you know what, this is a part of my glass ceiling, I think, going through mm. the wonderfully grueling process of of letting these thoughts go onto something that's going to capture them on Sarah's computer forever and then, <laughs> <laughs> and then go submit it into podcast land. Yeah. Like, something yeah. feels like bust, bust through the glass ceiling-ish about this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's more to come for sure, but... This was a good start. Oh, yeah. I'm so glad to hear that. Well, it's a beautiful start um, 
for me as well. I found my penny yesterday, and I've uh, I've you know found all of these beautiful treasures in our conversation today. So couldn't ask for it to a much better fire to be lit. Amen. <laughs> well, thank you. Yeah. Welcome back, friends. That was sweet lady and absolute ray of sunshine, Tovarina. And wasn't it so special that she brought that song to sing with her uke? I wasn't expecting that at all. It was completely impromptu and unplanned and spontaneous. But that's the thing with Tova is that you're going to get whatever she feels like bringing that day. And whatever she brings is absolutely magical. So I'm glad she brought herself and was able to share herself and her music with us. If you enjoyed dipping your toe into the deep, dark waters of shame with us today, I would encourage you to actually go seek out some expert advice or research on the topic of shame itself. I didn't realize how prevalence of a research topic shame is, and there is certainly a lot more expertise and knowledge to be unearthed, I think, from the experts themselves. So I'm definitely going to dig a little bit deeper into the topic of shame and its brethren, guilt and embarrassment myself. But again, I would highly recommend looking into the work of Brene Brown because she is so well-rounded and also just a delight to listen to. So go check her stuff out too. If you enjoyed hearing from Tova today, you can sing along with her on Instagram at Tova Sings for Joy, and you can also join the Let Me Play Choir on Instagram, Substack, Facebook, and Twitter. And while you're on the podcast streaming app of your choosing, you could also leave us a cheeky little review and or rating to let us know that you're playing, if you like. I think we'll cut off on that note for this week's episode of Let Me Play, but next week we'll be back with a new word and an old friend, so look forward to that. Until then, thanks for playing.